This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. I keep fucking doing that. I keep messing up the video behind me. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Thursday. 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 Oh, I should have checked in with Sparkles and made sure, hey, we're on for tomorrow, right? We're doing a freak show. Lazy Justin indeed. I don't know it I don't know if laziness is the right word cuz like it was up there earlier. But something I do, something I do causes the video to go away and I don't know what it is. I know you guys are all waiting to hear an update on the cats in the ceiling. When I last left you guys, there was an unknown number of cats in the ceiling. You see, before the show started, okay, like at lunchtime yesterday, uh, my housemate went into the basement area and all the cats went in there with all six of them. There are six cats in this house. All six of them went into the basement with her. She thought she got all of them back corralled into the apartment. Well, there's, well, there's fucking... Oh, honey. Oh, honey. There's like fucking eight, nine dogs upstairs. I have to go let uh, all the dogs out. Noon, five o'clock. Most days. Not tomorrow. Not, not Saturday or Sunday, but Monday. I'll have to go back up there at Friday. It's the Justin Cat Lady Show. Upstairs. Upstairs are in like... Be glad there's a troll patrol because one of the dogs upstairs... See... Um, they're all dogs that are being taken care of by a professional vet. Where the fuck do I live on a farm? Almost, yes. Um, so the dogs are like all infirmed or old and one of Bo, uh, Bo didn't want to get up and go outside. Uh, I felt like I might need to sit with Bo because it might be his last fucking minutes and I wanted him to have somebody holding him. And I petted him for a little while. And he like he just had his tongue stuck out just a little bit and he was like like really struggling to breathe it seemed. I came back down and I told them about it and she's like, "Yeah, he's probably going to die anytime." I'm like, "Well, goddamn. Well, you can go up there and sit with him if you want." I kind of feel like somebody needs to because Bo, Bo's a sweet boy. And there are there are puppies that I have to diaper. Cuz cuz they can't control themselves and that and one of one of them, one of them that I have to diaper, uh he has a he had, like his hip isn't attached. So when I'm diapering him, like I feel like you know, I've got to get the diaper on good so the motherfucker doesn't piss everywhere, but also the little fucker is like 5 pounds. And his hip isn't attached, so I don't want to fucking dislocate his hip putting a diaper on him. I, seriously, and other things said about dogs that live two more years. That's a, that's a very good point, Dustin. And he's a sweet boy. I fucking love, and like, they, they told me Roscoe was going to be a handful, and Roscoe's like my favorite fucking puppy. I have to die for Roscoe, but my God, like, and he is, he's a bit of a yapper. 
they said he might bite. He hasn't bit me yet. Not once. We're we're on very good terms, me and Roscoe. We're buddies. And then uh, there is a cat that has like a, a neurological thing with him. So like he can't walk straight and shit. And he's uh, he's a Siamese, so he, he's really pretty, right? So like I go to pet him. Also, that was another one of the animals. Like uh, any of these animals could you could go in, you could find them dead at any time. That was one of them. Uh, Boo Boo Kitty. I went. I go to pet Boo Boo Kitty on the he- on the head, and as soon as I pet Boo Boo Kitty, Boo Boo Kitty falls the fuck over. And I'm like, oh no! They're like, oh no, don't worry, don't worry. That's just what Boo Boo Kitty does. He'll get back up, especially like if he's really into the pets, he might fall over. To be fair, I can't walk straight and shit at the same time either. Truth, truth, truth. I'm sorry, RB. I've been behind on the Twitch weed. I haven't said hi to anybody. Dustin, Warlord, Sky Comet, RB, Tones. Tones, love all of you. This is your meme for the day. Jordan Peterson shares his thoughts. Ben Shapiro on the myth of the female orgasm. Meat cakes. My homie. Love all of you. I'm so glad to be back. Those almost two weeks exactly that I was off. Uh, didn't enjoy it. Didn't enjoy it at all. Wanted to be back. Can't wait to be co-hosting with Sparkles Lavendar tomorrow night as well. Holy shit. So that was the story of the cat. Did I tell the whole story of the cats in the ceiling? I don't think I did. I got off on telling the story of all the other animals that live here. Today the puppy got out. And I like because like the puppy been all because like she got she got a puppy. No, nothing wrong with the puppy, right? She just got a puppy. And the puppy got the puppy always all over me. But, like, I let the puppy out. Puppy go run around the backyard. I go let all the other dogs back in. The puppy doesn't come back in. I'm like, where's the puppy at? Usually the puppy's the first. Usually I have to keep the puppy outside until I've diapered all the older puppies. The actual puppy has to stay out. The actual puppy that is just a few months old has to stay outside. Puppy nowhere to be found. So what do I do? Like, I walk all the way around the, the, the house. Very big house. And the puppy is in the front yard with one of the cats playing. My cats are all out in in a courtyard that is cordoned off. And the puppy wanted to come up into the courtyard. Like, in fucking socks was laying out in the courtyard. That's another thing. So, uh, we're looking around because, like, you know, we're still a little, you know, making sure that, uh... My cats don't venture too far off, right? Make sure my cats understand the boundaries of where they can go in the yard and shit. Uh, three puppies. I have to diaper three puppies. Uh, uh, they they uh, are older and infirmed, and they need diapers on them. 
And I there is yet to be a time that I've taken their diapers off that they haven't pee-peed in their diapers. I didn't I didn't know puppy diapers were like that. I didn't know they're just like a, a little like shoop that you put around like their dick. <laughs> puppy diapers are weird. Dustin, I don't know how you trigger auto mod. Hold on. Oh fucking shit. I didn't know how that shit got over there either. Oh, also, also. Uh, I've made many a mention to the... God damn it! See, see, there, my video's gone again. I'm still working out, still working out the kinks of the new system. Oh my God, I just found that minister claiming women having orgasms is wrong because they're trying to be like... <laughs> um, I found out some, uh, some sad news. My ex-girlfriend... Uh, fuck yeah, I'll give just uh, give just give Dustin mod. That's a great idea. Hold on, no, I don't want to ban Dustin. I don't want timeout Dustin. Mod Dustin. There we go. <laughs> no, I don't want to ban Dustin. Doggy incontinence, just like human. I don't think you, I don't think the mod will even fucking do anything to you. I think, I don't think you get auto-modded at all. It's about time. I don't, I don't, like, I would have assumed Dustin was a mod. So, I mean, I mean, you gotta, you gotta tell me these things. My apology, I don't, um... I mean, we're not only on Twitch, right? So we're on multiple platforms. So I'm watching a different system than the Twitch. And feel feel no feel no obligation as a mod for my channel. Like we've just I, like we've modded enough people to where I just assume there's going to be a mod in here at all times. That's all I you know really care about. Like, I don't, like, you don't have an obligation to come in here and be like, I'm a mod for this channel, so I gotta go make sure I watch. Like, please come and and watch and enjoy, but feel no obligation that you have to be here just because you're a mod. Yeah, well, you guys know how I am. I'm pretty lax and everything, so, like, you're, you guys just, you do your thing. If there is somebody being uh, hateful in the chat, take care of them. Uh, like, I'm not going to ban anybody, but if you guys, if you guys feel somebody is abusive, fucking tend to it. Seize the means of modding. What do, do like any of my other mods have the power to mod other people? Now that'd probably be bad, wouldn't it? It, j- it should probably just be me able to mod. Cause that's how, that's how you get a, that's how you get a channel goaded. Do you remember, do you remember back on uh, Facebook? Cause I don't know none of you fuckers. I'm just, I'm just assuming I like all of you. Warlord, Warlord, I still haven't even figured you out. I don't even, I don't even know whose side you're on here. I've given, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. You could, you could take me down in a heartbeat. You run like fucking everything. And you're just some, you're just some dude in another country. <laughs> God damn. Up yours, woke moralists. 
we'll see who cancels who. Monty Spa 69, what's going on? I bet he is on your side. I haven't even got into what we're hey, going to talk about tonight. Are you trolling? Always, always be trolling. Okay, that's the next one I'm going to make. It's going to be like you know, uh, um, how do I forget his fucking name from the famous family in Thirty Rock? Does Donald Trump on Saturday Night Live or used to fucking Baldwin? Baldwin, Alex Baldwin. Alex Baldwin, is that the right Baldwin? Not Billy Baldwin, not Stephen Baldwin. Alex Baldwin? Alec Baldwin. Yes, there we go. How'd I forget Alec Baldwin's name? God, it's too much pot. I pull Alec Baldwin from Glen Gary again. Glen Warren. <laughs> from Glen Gary Glen Ross. Always be trolling. Always be trolling. I was being a grubby boy. God damn, I'm not stoned enough for this. I'm not, or I'm I'm too stoned. I don't know what's going on. Speaking of groipers, we're gonna hear from one of them tonight. The king of the groipers, Nick Froom. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Fuentes went on like this crazy ass rant. I don't even know. I don't even know what all it's about. It's a it's a fascist rant. That's the only way. I is here to help Justin get stoned. Hey, Chris Anthem. Somebody shout out Chris in the in the in the comments for me, please. One of you mods out there. <laughs> oh, I gotta catch. I gotta catch his bong out. I, so I had this really weird fucking tick from when I was a kid. Cause like my, my mom was one of those, like there's starving kids in Africa. So you have to eat every pea that's on your plate. And <laughs> MAGA the gangsta, MAGA the gangsta. I still smoking that Rosenbaum fuck you Talbot. What the hell does that even mean? Can somebody translate that for me? Can somebody maybe gotta translate it into boomer maybe? Or maybe I just don't understand what you kids are saying. Two boomer to mod the children. <laughs> yes, Dustin. Who's who's Rosenbaum? What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Call in, call in, or Discord in. I need to put a a, a command for the phone number. We're on the same wavelength, Dustin. We're on the same wavelength. I want to, I need to pack a fresh bowl over here. I'm interested in that Rosenbaum pack. 
I fucking shit. What are you talking about, dude? Mega, mega. Holy shit. That was the cats. That was the cats. It sounded like a bomb going off, but it was just cats. I like. I don't think Rosenbaum is anything about the drug culture. That's what it's going over my house. A Rittenhouse meme. Oh, Rosenbaum was the dude that like got his arm shot by Rittenhouse. Is that what you're talking about? And the guy that testified in his trial. See, like I know. Oh, Rosenbaum was the dead guy, not the one that got shot in the arm. Where'd you send it to me on Discord? Of course you sent it on to me on Discord. <laughs> I mean, like, do I have your permission to show it to everybody? I assume I do. You're not just going to send me a, 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 a picture like that in confidence, right? By the way, we are, we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be talking about the race to replace Boris Johnson. The Tories have a new leading candidate. Warlord says, hi, bitch. Hashtag cancel Justin. Member of the conservative party. We were talking about you earlier, Warlord. I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know whose side he's on, but you know, like it, I would I would think he's on my side. However, if you listen to the way he comments, you'd think the dude hates me. It's a pack of fresh bong over here. I'm getting ready to take some bong rips. Let me run down what, what else we're going to be talking about here on tonight's show. Uh, we're going to... Oh, oh, oh. I got some juicy fucking video. Oh my God, we're going to go back to talking about the story of the, and content warning before, because this is, this is horrendous content. I shouldn't be excited to talk about this story because it's such a fucking horrible story and the actual victim in this story keeps getting lost in all the political rhetoric surrounding it. But there was a pro-life activist testifying in front of Congress. I believe it was I believe it was the House. Earlier today, uh she refused to answer some questions from uh, yes, it was Eric Swalwell, so it was the House. What the MAGA dude? Still smoking that Rosenbaum pack, fuck you, Tom boy. What the fuck does that even mean, dude? What the fuck? You talk like you're having a stroke. But if you would like to have a conversation, I would love to have a conversation. I've had a lot of Jordy Pete fans in my comments on YouTube because of the video I did of... Uh, Showing all the different memes of Jordy Pete in the different video games as a villain. So, like, somebody in my comments was like, oh, when you when you resort to insults, you know you've lost. And I'm like, the way Jordan Peterson was saying, up yours, woke moralists, sons of bitches. 
Like those insults? Is that what you're referring to? Oh, oh, it's me calling you fucking morons for listening to anything Jordy Pete ever had to say. Jesus, how could you fall for his bullshit? Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. Yeah, apparently I'm a woke moralist. Nobody has ever explained to me what the fuck that term means. Especially since I'm a shock jock. I've got a reputation for saying outrageous shit and pissing people off. So to call me a woke moralist is fucking weird. Idiots. Absolute fucking idiots. Uh, what else are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, astronomers have detected a signal from a faraway galaxy. That could be either interesting or scary. Stocks. To get, oh, 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 oh. Get this, get this. Uh, yet another government in the world is collapsing. I need, I need to be more precise with my language, though. Like, there is a difference between uh, Sri Lanka... And, like, Israel, where a coalition in Israel has collapsed. The government holds elections. The elections are going to go forward. They're going to be peaceful. And there's a difference between that and Sri Lanka, where the people have taken over governmental buildings and holding the government hostage. So the collapse of the Italian government falls into the former, not the latter, like Israel, a coalition has fallen apart and the government has collapsed. Two completely different things. So I want to be more precise in the language that I employ to describe them. But the Italian government, the coalition has collapsed. We're heading for new elections in Italy. It's very interesting to me. We're heading for new elections in Uh, the UK, and we're going to talk about the race for the Tory leadership position. Stocks! Stocks took a hit today. Mixed closing, they're calling it. A storm is brewing. According to Steve Forbes, he's warning of a big financial crisis coming. Once again, I'm trying to read the tea leaves of what's going on, but like, nobody really knows how the fucking economy works. Nobody really knows how the economy works. So, it's hard telling what could happen in two years. But, like, it's clear they're trying to instigate something with all the talk of a recession. But, hey, 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 this is, this is, this is going to be a great piece of video to watch. Uh, no one is talking about uh, millennials' role in high inflation. A CNBC piece wants to shift some blame for inflation on millennials. This should be good. I can't wait to watch that. After that, we're going to talk about how the Democrats spent years not protecting social programs, but actually aiding their destruction. Forbes tried hard to hurt the Biden administration. Being in the Biden administration, we're going to talk about his trip to Israel. 
We're going to talk about how Israel keeps killing American citizens and the U.S. doesn't do anything about it, which is kind of fucked up. Apparently, the purpose of the Biden trip to Israel was to try to detangle us from engagements in the Middle East. An intercept piece we're going to read says that the opposite might happen. We're going to talk about the 2024 election. Voters do not want Biden to be the nominee in 2024, and it looks like the same on the Republican side. New polls showing that uh, Trump's support inside the Republican Party is slipping. But, 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 Trump says he's already made up his mind. A decision has already been made. It's just when he's going to announce it. Will it be before the midterms or after the midterms? He said that himself. Also, he's been fundraising off of his dead wife. Wife Ivana, dead at 73. Former wife, former, this was his first wife. Ivana Trump, dead at 73. Speaking of people who are dead, you know how I always talk about uh, my crack whore ex-girlfriend? One of, you, one, of you, one of you fuckers in the chat, and I'm not going to say who it was. <laughs> one of you fuckers did some digging and found out that my crack whore ex-girlfriend died in 2020. I was always wondering what was going to happen. It was it was Monty Spa. I was, I was always wondering what was going to happen if she stumbled. I do not know how she died, Warlord. It was at the very beginning of the pandemic. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I don't think she had been doing well. I don't think she had been doing well at all. And also, like... A drug overdose wouldn't surprise me, you know? Mm-hmm. It did not say in her obituary... So, I I always thought, you know, it'd be a cool thing if I poured some bong water out for people. But, like, that wouldn't be cool. It wouldn't be cool to pour bong water on the floor that would stink. (laughs) Okay, here's the thing, Pepe. Is what is on the screen right now is indeed a meme... But when I first saw it, I had to go to Ben Shapiro's channel and make sure because it could quite possibly be real. Like, like fucking Shapiro is so fucking stupid. It could be real. <laughs> I just said it would not be a good idea to pour bong water on the floor. But I might. <laughs> oh, I was it could it could have been legit. That's the thing. That's the sad part about it is it very well could have been legit. I had to go check myself. Ben gets no wet pussy confirmed. Where is it at here? You live in sexual anarchy? 
<laughs> Take that, woke moralists. Woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. I mean, women have told me they've come, but like, you know, they may have just wanted to get it over with. Some some people some people can be that bad. So who knows? Who knows? What else are we talking about tonight? I'm this is this is going into bad territory. Oh, we're gonna get Pelosi's thoughts on a Trump twenty four run. Oh, Secret Service apparently Secret Service deleted some of their messages from January fifth and sixth. Hmm, that doesn't sound sus. That doesn't sound sus at all. We're going to hear from uh, the Green Party. Uh, Apparently, the Democrats were blocking ballot access for a candidate. uh, I think it was in North Carolina. I might not be. I might not be correct on that. So don't hold me to that. We're going to hear from Jill Stein, who was on the Bad Faith podcast. Greg Gutfeld mocks a nuclear PSA that was put out by New York. A nine-year-old. Uh, in North Carolina, this one did happen in North Carolina, a nine-year-old driving a Mini Cooper. Yes, I just said those words. A nine-year-old driving a Mini Cooper. A nine-year-old driving a Mini Cooper. Led police on a chase. Here, Here is one that I'm sure is not going to shock you. Uh, Elon Musk's dad is a fucking creep. Earl Musk pulled a Woody Allen. We'll just, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. And we'll come back to that later. We're going to cover the flooding in Virginia. Got some wild ass fucking video. Uh, Cities in Europe are setting records for temperatures. Uh, and the southern heat wave that we've been experiencing here in the American South is about to get worse. It's about to get worse. Brace yourself. Warlord is asking for a source, but as I said, I'm not looking at the chat while I'm 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 reading those things. So I don't know what you're asking for a source for. But once again, if you want a source, I actually put the uh uh the links I use in my notes, you can get my notes every day on the Patreon. It's just one fucking dollar. You can get all my notes, all the notes I use. I copy them to the Patreon every day. You can get all the resources I use to put the Troll Patrol together. Just a dollar. Just a dollar a month gets you access to all kinds of shit. You can go all the way up to $5. I don't think I'm ever going to raise that. Uh, it's possible It's possible that I might do like a $20 tier and I'll show you my dick. But, but, but as of right now, like $5 is as high as I'm ever going to go on Patreon. I've been a little slacking with content as of late. But don't worry, we're going we're gonna to... F- Fire it up. I, I I have like watched none of Destiny ever. 
Uh, I see people tweet out the shit that he tweets. Apparently, he tweeted some stupid ass shit. Oh, fucking omni liberal. Something about wanting to bang a 12 year old or something. Don't fuck kids. Literally, don't fuck kids, guys. It's not good. Jesus. And Destiny's like a millionaire from streaming. How does that dude make it? Come on. How does how does he gather that kind of a following? Ida, what? Your husband says he can tell what? Oh, on orgasms? I never... YouTube's a little bit further behind than the uh, Twitch. Sometimes, like, the Twitch comments are scary. Uh, up to date with, with where we're at in the show. I don't know. Don't make... Fucking making jokes about being a pedo isn't a thing that's cool to do. Especially when you're a public figure. And usually, usually where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm just saying, usually where there's smoke, there's fire. So, like, shouldn't be making pedo jokes. I mean, make fun of pedos, that's cool. I love to make fun of pedos. I love to make fun of people that deserve it. Um... Making a joke about how you want to fuck an underage child is not funny. That's just not good content. It boggles my mind why he is popular. But that's just me, and I've watched very little of him. I would say that the extent of of the amount of Destiny I've watched has come down to the, the, the time Sam Cedar has been on with him. And and even then, like it was infuriating listening to him talk. Like he's he's not that bright. Making jokes about fucking kids that just that goes over the line. That's not sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy. This is not sexual anarchy. Uh, that's just creepy. You know, Sky Common, he, he very well could have been okay. And this, uh, the ecosystem, the social media ecosystem, if you want to get bigger, like right wing is the way to go. Seriously, Ray, I think, I think people to say shit like that, law enforcement should look into them. Like, that's not cool. That's not fucking cool. I'm losing I'm losing viewers for for speaking the truth. I don't know what the fuck destiny is. As I understand it, he's like a fucking shit lib. And I would I would indeed classify a shit lib as right wing. That's why I use the phrase right-wingers are morons. It, en- it encapsulates, you know, a lot of the Democratic Party as well. Like It's a, it's a very good catch-all for politics here in the uh, United States. Once again, I don't know shit about Destiny. I just know he was against student loan forgiveness in the, in the debate I watched with him and Sam Cedar. 
and his reasoning was fucking stupid, and I wanted to slap the fucking shit out of him. Because that argument that um, if you're forgiving student loans, you're just you're you're handing money to people who already have money. Like, no, no, people that already have money don't have student loan debt. <laughs> yes, people with a college degree are more likely, on average, to earn more money, but the people that that actually earn that money don't have student loan debt. And like, yeah, that's another thing with the right-wingers is every goddamn right-winger I meet passes themselves off as some kind of enlightened centrist that, that is just calling balls and strikes and can't possibly be wrong and then just spouts off every goddamn thing Fox News says. And then you go to Tim Pool's fucking comments. I spent some time in Tim, in, in Tim Pool's comment section today and let me tell you, holy shit. Those people think they're left wing and they spout off some of the, the like QAnon adjacent shit. It is wild. It is wild how how far off the mark those people are. Fucking Tim Pool. I want to go on Tim Pool. I mean, like I, w- I would like to be big enough at some point in time to get on Tim Pool. I don't know. I don't know that he would have me. Sixteen fucking dollars an hour with three degrees. That's that's the that's the that's the reality we face. Fucking that's about what fucking minimum wage would have been in the, like nineteen eighty. And baby boomers want to tell us. You know, that it's our fucking fault. What? I was... I don't like it. Monty Spa, uh, like, I don't... uh, I don't like arguing about personalities and shit, right? Because, like... Us arguing about a personality has no meaning whatsoever. But if we argue something that is tangible... It's objective, some sort of fact data, and we can be able to look it up and get to the bottom of it. We can we can have like a productive discussion, right? And like, what? Well, I don't fucking know shit about destiny, because like I I don't watch other people that do the things I do, right? I don't watch a lot of other streamers. I don't watch a lot of uh, political commentary content. I watched the majority report. I've 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 been a Sam Cedar fan for almost twenty years now. I was listening to him when he was on Air America Radio. Matter of fact, uh, uh, I stole the cadence I would use. To, I do it to this day on the freaking news. Uh, it's uh, it's good day now. Have a great or have a great freaking day. But like I used to go, good morning, and I stole that off of the newsman on Air America Radio from like 2005. That's when I originally discovered the Majority Report. Used to listen to Al Franken at noon, up until he ran for Senate, and then like um, I, about that time they got like Ed Schultz or somebody at noon, and like eh. <clears throat> 
See, I'm into political talk. And so I was made to do this shit. I've been listening listening to political talk for years. Okay, I love talking. I uh, was a traveling photographer for many, many, many years. I have I have driven hours upon hours upon hours upon hours across this country. And I had XM radio. I listened to talk radio all the time. I was a big Opie and Anthony fan. I love radio. I, I worked in radio when I was 16 years old. Born to fucking do this shit. It's all good, Ida. It's all good. I'm amazed I knew what you were talking about. Even though you were behind. Blaming boomers is all you have left as a Gen Xer. (laughs) I mean, it's all their fault. And that's another thing. So... I was sitting in here and Billy Joel came on. We didn't start the fire. And I'm like, motherfucker, like you really do. You, you, maybe you didn't start the fire, but you came in, you dumped gasoline on it. You came in with your Reaganomics, your voodoo economics, trickle down bullshit. You're giving tax cuts to all the rich people. You outsourced all our jobs so you could make as much money as you could. You privatized everything in this goddamn country that you could to sell back to your fucking children. Shit that you got fucking paid for. From education to the roads to, to fucking to fucking healthcare in this country used to be covered mainly by the government. It was a weird quasi-public-private uh, financing situation, but the government covered most of, like, tuition. For instance, it was something like 83, 85% that the government covered in tuition costs pre-1980. I I am not a celebrity person running for president. I'm not a third party person for president. Like, if there's anybody serious for president right now, like, fucking Bernie Sanders, please. I mean, I don't want, like... And this is the point, and it was, it was Sean King on social media was making this point, and he was absolutely fucking right. Governments all over the world are electing people that are like 37, 38, 39, that are my age to be their national leaders. Our national leaders are in their 60s, 70s, and even 80s, and sometimes 90s. How old's Diane Feinstein? The oldest congressman that like just died, wasn't he like 92? These old fucks won't step aside and let the new generation take over. I don't know what... The, I mean, it's protecting their wealth. It's protecting their business interests. RB, I'm not getting into the the boomer the boomer shit again. No, your guys' voting block, like it's not all of it's not all of you. It's not all you damn boomers. I don't even know if you're a boomer, RB. You seem more like a Gen Xer, but maybe you're on the cusp. But there is enough of you guys. You guys. Uh, you guys are outsized. You you have a, like a large majority of people. You have too many people in your cohort. So just having the the large 
majority of people that are willing to vote for Donald Trump that support the dumbass Republican policies in the boomer generation is enough to distort things. Even though it's not all of you, it's the majority of your generation. I think Grassley was the oldest in the Senate. The, there was a congressman from, was it Alaska? He just died this year and like he was the oldest uh, member of Congress. Micah, well, we're going we're gonna to talk about this here in a little bit, about the race in 2024. For the love of God, please, Joe Biden, step aside. Let's have a vigorous open primary. Let's get some new blood in there. Maybe there's somebody that's not even on our radar yet. At this point in time in... 2006... None of us probably knew the name Barack Obama, or maybe a few of us did from his speech at the Democratic National Convention. But, like, there might be somebody that we don't even fucking know yet that's going to burst onto the scene. We can't, we can't wait for boomers to die we have to take power for we don't have that time we don't have that kind of time we don't have that kind of time Arby's a boomer uh oh, okay boomer that's what RB stands for righteous boomer over here I'm sorry brother you know I love you <laughs> now now I'm gonna have to rib you about being a boomer all the time They were like, okay, so here's the thing is like, uh, the boomer generation that wasn't engaged in politics, like my parents, my parents were boomers. My mom's a boomer. My dad is dead now, but my mom was, my mom was a boomer, right? So my parents weren't politically engaged all through the eighties and nineties. My parents weren't engaged. They would have, they would have been the, the liberal minded people in the electric, but they just were, they didn't give a shit. Politics didn't matter to them. Everything was good, right? They came up through the fucking nineties and Bill Clinton came in. They rode the fucking dot com wave. And that's when my mom bought her dream house in a subdivision. That's when she, she was test driving like a Mercedes and a BMW and shit. She did end up buying that. She ended up buying like a, a, a fucking, pretty killer Monte Carlo like a 97 Monte Carlo had leather seats sunroof and shit that she led the boomer dream she led the the where, where, it, was, where it was easy to buy a house she had a husband that had a job as like a superintendent in construction it was a good paying job some fucking 30 40 dollars an hour or some shit like that all kinds of overtime because they were doing uh, bukus of road construction because that's when we still cared about our infrastructure in the 90s. I remember road construction was fucking everywhere. And that was the time that like my dad was raking in the fucking money. So they weren't politically engaged during that time. They're like, it doesn't bother us. My mom didn't start getting engaged until about 
about Trump. And that's only because, like, she loves old movies and specifically old movie period pieces about, like, uh, 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 19th century Europe, early 20th century Europe. <laughs> and uh, she kind of saw the, the parallels. Sky Comet, they just handed it out like candy to people in, in like, the 90s and before. <laughs> And think about it, like that was pre-inflation. That was like thirty, forty dollars in that 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 time period money. So that was like fifty, sixty dollars an hour. So I'm saying this is like fucking. My parents had no t- no trouble buying a house and fucking because my mom was working too. She was like a dental receptionist. No trouble, but we lived the like for for a few years. We were the middle class dream. Came back to bite her in the ass, you know, later on in life when uh, she had to apply for Social Security and shit. Disability, which she could no longer work, when my father could no longer work, his back was fucked up. He had to apply for disability. She got politically motivated then. And she... Still, she signs up for shit and uses my email. I'm constantly getting emails for her. And she misspelled her name. I'm getting I'm getting fucking political emails to my mom with a misspelled name. Dear Shella, it's imperative that we talk to you about the abortion issue. And I told her. I told her she needed to be engaged. I told her she needed to get involved in politics. Oh, you were confusing. There's a big difference between Gen X and Gen Z. There's a whole my generation between Gen X and Gen Z. I why why she got to use my email? Did she why did she just assume like oh well he'll know how to get rid of them. I don't. <laughs> and fair enough, she's right on that one. But, like, she should have cleared it with me first. Or I could have gave her, like, an email that, like, I'm not going to check that, that doesn't show notifications on my phone. Alright, let's do some news. I bullshitted for way too long. We've got a shit ton of news to talk about. Like, honest to God, I've got like five pages over here. Yeah, we're gonna get to the Indiana AG. That piece of shit. I can't make it any better for you guys. I tried. I'm still... Give me time... Uh, at the old apartment, I had a, a monitor that was a weird size. I'm either going to have to get a new monitor. Like I'm still working on my monitor situation. So forgive me for the, for it being cut off here. But like Italian prime minister, Mario Draghi said Thursday, and I'm probably mispronouncing his name. 
that he would resign after the five-star movement, the largest party in the country's coalition government, withdrew its support in a parliamentary confidence vote. Draghi's measures, a package designed to tackle Italy's cost-of-living crisis, passed by 172 to 39. However, the five-star boycott leaves the government at real risk of collapse and could lead to an early election. After winning the vote but losing five-star support, Draghi said in a statement, I want to announce that this evening I will present my resignation to the President of the Republic. Today's votes in Parliament are very significant from a political point of view. The majority of national unity that has supported this government since its creation is no longer there. He had previously said that he would not lead a government that did not include five-star. However, Italy's President, Sergio Mattarelli, Mattarella, has rejected Draghi's resignation, instead asking Draghi to address the parliament in order to assess the political situation, the Italian presidency said in a statement. The president of the Republic did not accept the resignation and invited the prime minister to appear before parliament to make communications so that an assessment of the situation that has arisen as a result of the outcome of the session held today in the Senate of the Republic could be carried out in its proper forum. Several Italian political parties supported Mattarelli's decision. Italy, in this difficult moment, cannot do without Draghi. Renato Brunetta, the Minister for Public Administration from the Go Italy party, said in a Facebook post, Foreign Minister Luigi Di Mario described the decision of his former party, Five Star Movement, as a clear act of irresponsibility thus condemning the country to the abyss. DeMario left the party in June, creating a new party called Together for the Future. In a statement, DeMario's party supported the president's decision and called, Draghi's a, uh, called Draghi a precious and fundamental figure. So, apparently, the president has asked the prime minister to stay on, assess the situation... And to uh, address Parliament before actually resigning. But it does look like we are heading for elections in Parliament. Hey, Porg, nobody wants to work anymore. Fucking love the meme that went around with the uh, Punisher logo on his phone. Oh, shit, here's Smokey. Hey, Smokey. Voted the cat most likely to get in the ceiling, and it wasn't him that got in the ceiling. Voted cat most likely to get out of the courtyard, and it wasn't Smokey that got out of the courtyard. Hey, buddy. All right, are you are you are you gonna make me hold you, or can I go back to doing the show? You wanna say hi, everybody? Say hi, Smokey. Oh, he burped or something when I picked him up. <laughs> What's up with you, dude? You okay? Yeah, that was the cat that I thought was going to get stuck in the ceiling, but it was Maynard instead. Oh, shit. Let's move on to the leadership race in the UK. UK heading for a election Tory leadership race. Rishi Sunak leads pack in tightening contest. As yesterday, I'll read the name of the candidate and the number of votes cast 
uh, in each case. Uh, first of all, 356 votes were cast out of a possible 358. The numbers are as follows. Badenoch, 49. Braverman, 27. Mordant, 83. Sunak, 101. Badenoch? That's a wild name. Truss, 64. Tugendat, 32. Therefore, under the rules, Suella Braverman is eliminated from the uh, contest and the others are able to go forward uh, to a further ballot on Monday. Thank you. I thought he was naming off, uh, like, places in England, and I was getting ready to make jokes about it, but then I realized it was people's names, and I didn't want to joke about their names. (laughs) That was that awkward, like, oh, that's a wild name. (laughs) I thought thought Babinock was a place in England, and I was going to make fun of it. I was going to slander it. I was going to slander it in the the slandering tradition. Five candidates remain after Attorney General Suella Braverman was knocked out in Thursday's vote. Mr. Sunak won 101 votes. Penny Mordorant... Gained ground on him with 83 votes, and Liz Trust came third, or came in third with 64. I believe Liz Trust was in the running last time, wasn't she, Warlord? She was. She was one of the people vying for the office in the election where Boris came to power. If I'm not mistaken. Former Brexit Minister Steve Baker has also endorsed Mrs. or Miss Trust. And the BBC understands most of the 27 Tory MPs who voted for Ms. Braverman are expected to do the same. Former Equalities Minister Kimmy Badenoch, who came fourth with 49 votes in Thursday's vote, and Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Tom Tuggernhat, who was fifth on 32, both say they are determined to stay in the contest. But it looks like we are we are down to a top three in the race to become the Prime Minister of... The UK. Stocks fall as JP Morgan warning helps send banks lower. Stocks closed lower on Wall Street on Thursday as banks were among the biggest weights on the market following weak earnings and a warning from JP Morgan Chase. Stocks closed broadly lower on Wall Street on Thursday as J.P. Morgan Chase opened the latest round of corporate earnings for big banks with weak results and a warning about the economy. Wall Street is also assessing the latest government reports showing that inflation remains hot and shows no signs of cooling even as central banks try to loosen its grip on businesses and consumers by hiking interest rates. Meanwhile, Steve Forbes is warning that a storm is brewing in a coming financial crisis. I'm still trying to figure out what all this means. I don't know dick about economics, but I don't think anybody does. I don't think anybody does. And anybody that tells you they do uh, is full of it. Is a global recession your baseline assumption? And uh, if it is, then what will that do to the pricing environment across the commodity spectrum? 
Right. Um, currently, I think within UBS, uh, we still uh, not yet put recession as a, well having the uh, major uh, probability. Uh, meaning our baseline We're trying to get you guys a uh, slowing growth rather than recession. But then, if recession happen, um, I think um, well, we we see um, this movie before two thousand thirteen to two thousand fifteen. If you think about what's going on again. Uh, well, largest uh, uh, liquidity supplier continue to tighten its liquidity, while uh, largest uh, uh, commodity consumer uh, still doing its uh, economy uh, structure change. Uh, basically, and not going to be favorable. And bear in mind, 2013, 2015, uh, we we were not in a recession situation. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt this dude because uh, you know it's not like I really care or anything, but like. I got these guys. I got Socks and Smokey exactly six years ago today. This popped up in my Facebook memories. Yes, that is a tip pillow behind me. Or behind my couch in my old, old apartment. This is not the apartment that you guys came to know in the Troll Patrol. This is the apartment that I had before that one. That is my old couch. That couch actually sat out on the patio of the apartment you guys knew on the Troll Patrol. But that was my babies six years ago when I actually when I actually took possession of them. Smokey was okay. He was like, yeah, I live here now. Cool. Socks, it took a little bit. But now, like, Socks, Socks wants me to hold him like a baby. Socks wants me to hold him like a baby. Like somebody else is in the bed with me. Oh my god, dude's like, No, I'm jealous. A friend gave me a tip pillow as a, as a present one time. That's why, that's why there's a tip pillow in the background. All right, so when we come back, when we, when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to talk about uh, the looming recession we're gonna also get blamed us millennials at least i know there's a few boomers in the audience a couple gen xers us millennials are gonna get blamed for the high inflation even though we don't even hold any power in the government we'll be back in just a moment you may want to get your uh Fu Manchu face mask. Since the COVID is coming roaring back. At least boomers never bring back the wrong kind of cake. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're... Boomers always want to have like angel food cake or something. Not that I have anything wrong with angel food cake. You give me like fucking... You give me some of that fucking like uh, gelled fucking strawberry. You gotta make it from scratch. You gotta take some actual strawberries. You make that fucking... candied fucking strawberry shit and you get some whipped cream you put on some angel food cake <laughs> wow <laughs> here I promise that every time I come back from a commercial break I'm gonna give you a new meme here's, here's the cover of Metallica's load For those of you who are unaware, that's one of the images from the James Webb Space Telescope. 
It remarkably looks like the the Metallica album cover that was actually like a jar of piss or some shit like that. I don't know what you just strawberry shit on on angel food cake with 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 whipped cream. That's good shit. Maybe you want ice cream on it. I don't know. You can put some ice cream on it. My grandmother used to have that shit all the time. Love some angel food cake. I don't know. Like I, I feel like you're reverencing something with the with the wrong kind of cake, and I don't even know. I don't even know what you're talking about. Also, I'm sorry. I couldn't catch the. Uh, I couldn't catch the commercials on. On don't make me go like. There's still those like. Uh, uh, cake bite, raspberry cheesecake bites in the in the fridge. I'll go. I'll go grab some raspberry cheesecake bites. I will. Don't tempt me. I just took a commercial break, but I'm sorry I couldn't catch the the commercials on Twitch. I've been trying to when I when I take the commercial break, I'm trying to hit the Twitch commercials so nobody that's not subbed has to watch the. Uh, please make a chocolate cake. Nobody that's not subbed uh, has to watch commercials. Trying. But I didn't catch them in time, apparently. So I've been working on the on the different timing. I need to take first commercial break before the top of the hour. Angel food cake is a lie? Is that what you're saying? Oh my god! Oh my god! He was indeed referencing something. He was referencing something that was said to me on my show that's in a fucking commercial break I just played. My dumbass, as Sparkle says, I'm born out of a pod every day, had no idea what you were referencing. That was something that Sparkle that I've included in my YouTube trailer for like a year now. Talking about bringing back the wrong kind of... Well, maybe the, the, the freak show is not a year old. It's almost a year old. What did she just see? You brought back the wrong kind of cake, you fucking idiot. Because <laughs> I, I brought her cake that wasn't cooked yet. I brought her cake that wasn't cooked yet. I've, you know, I've never played, but like, I played like, uh, there was like one of the, su- the successor games of Portal. Construction builder plus portal or some shit like that. Like fucking one of the one of the games I've played. Tessero Fields. If I'm even saying that right. If I'm saying your name wrong, please tell me. I don't remember what happened that night with the cake. Do you wanna do you wanna call Sparkles and find out what happened that night with the cake? You wanna? Do you wanna hear? <laughs> Hold on, let me message her. Let me. We have a cake-related question.
she she may be washing her hair right now, or maybe maybe she's maybe she's watching something on TV. She's into no 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 no. We have a cake-related question, ma'am. You got me there. Boomers didn't bring back the wrong kind of cake. We have a cake-related question, I said. She's like, all right, shoot with your cake-related question. There we go. I was, I was, I was wondering. Oh, wrong one. Is, is is this Miss Lavendar? Yeah. Okay, so we have a question. When um you know in the in the clip where you say you brought back the wrong kind of cake, you fucking idiot? Yeah. Did you ever get cake that night? No. Did you get any kind of sweet thing? No. Why 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 didn't you let me bake a cake for you? Uh, because you didn't have any necessary ingredients to make one. But I presented you with the ingredients. You saw it like it's in the clip. Me bringing the Yeah, cake. but there's other ones. Like you have to have eggs. You have to have vegetable oil. Oh, are you saying I didn't have any of that shit at that time? Yeah, yeah, you didn't have any of that shit. And then all you gave me was dust. All <laughs> you gave me is dust. Yeah, so uh, RB made a reference to uh, me bringing back the wrong kind of cake, and I had no clue what he was talking about. He like, brought me fucking dust. He goes, look, it's cake. It's not. And I'm like, is that a reference to something? And and he's like, yeah, it's a reference to you. It's something you, you were involved in. I mean, it was a long time ago, so of course you've refreshed so many times since then. Why would you remember? Because I've been I've been reborn out of the pod. All right, are uh, are you still down for tomorrow night? Are we are we freaking showing anymore? I suppose. Oh, uh, you suppose? All right. Well, I suppose we is. <laughs> well, ladies, gentlemen, non-binary people in the audience, this is Sparkles Lavendar. She is my co-host for the Friday night show. How have you been, Sparkles? I dusted the wet tonight. Well, then, did you dry the wets and dust them again? I sure did. So you made you made sketty, is what you're saying? I made meatballs and angel hair, and then I dusted that shit. <laughs> dusted that wet. Uh, we were. <laughs> Ray loves your voice. You have a new admirer. I think I know who that is on Twitter, and they freak me out. 
Okay, Ray, uh, back the fuck up or something. We're, we're, we're all doing a show from a remote location, RB. Yes, unfortunately, Sparkles will not be with me. That is, that is, we're, we are not in the same, uh, locale anymore. But we're still going to be doing a freak show, because I would miss her if we didn't do that. Did, did you ever find Maynard? <laughs> yes, yes. The I don't even know if I finished telling the chat about the, the, the story. See, when I came on with the Troll Patrol last night, I went out and tried to get Maynard out of the ceiling. When I came back in, apparently I didn't shut the door. So when I took the first commercial break of the show, I come back out to check to see if I can get Maynard out of the ceiling again, and the door is wide open, and all the cats are in the basement. So I rounded up the cats that I could in, you know, the short amount of time that I had. I shut the door and I came back in here and I'm like, hey guys, I got some, I got some weird news. There's an unknown amount of cats in the ceiling. It could be, it could still just be Maynard or it could be more cats. I have cats that are unaccounted for. One of my cats, Socks, was unaccounted for. One of her cats, Alice, was unaccounted for. But I found them. I found them. Both were both were in the basement, but neither were in the ceiling. They just they and had you to know wait. That to... If you leave something cooking, you can't just run away from it. You got to cut it off when you leave too. I don't. I don't know what you're talking like. I like. Have I ever burnt down one of my apartments? <laughs> I've lived on my own. You're. you're no, but I feel like it's coming. <laughs> I am going to have to get used to the uh, like. It's a it's a gas stove here. Oh God! <laughs> I haven't cooked on it yet. She—that's what she was talking about. I was like, "We're gonna have to get you loaded up with ingredients because I don't want to have to cook anymore." <laughs> like I love to cook. I don't—I don't care one bit to do it. But like, I've got to familiarize myself with the uh, with the with the with the accoutrements, the gas stove, with the fire coming out the eye. I'm gonna be fine. I don't know why everybody uh, infantilizes me like this. <laughs> A candle lesson. I'm surprised you didn't tell him about uh, Edward Scissorhands, but reverse. Now I don't know what you're talking about. Your arms are all scrawled up and bleeding. Oh, I told I told them all about that shit, but like you can't see it anymore. Like there's the the evidence is gone. The scars have faded. And I'm like Edward Scissorhands, but in reverse. Edward Scissorhands, but in reverse. Like, and that was the thing is last night with Maynard is getting him down. I was worried that he was going to claw the shit out of me again. But like I go back out there and he's just on one of the slats in the middle of the in the middle of the room. I'm, I'm I'm like I'm done with this. I take the ladder. I get up there. And I just grab him, and he did not like that. He because see I kept I kept leading him to where I thought he could get down, but he was too chicken to make the jump. He wouldn't let me grab him, and he was too chicken to make the jump to anything that I could put in front of him. And he kept looking at me like. Like I'm like, dude, just jump down on the stool. Jump here. Here's the ladder. The ladder is right here. Jump down on the ladder, and he's like, and like, dude, because like I tried to give him the space to let him do it himself. 
But then he'd scurry back up in the ceiling. He's not Stewart. Just jerk him down. <laughs> I mean, that's what I had to. That's what I had to actually do. Is I had to get up on the ladder and just grab his ass. He's probably just in there laying on the couch being cool. And then he came in here after after he growls at me for hours. He sleeps right next to me. Lets me pet his head. He's fucking purring and shit. Like it's the weirdest thing. Like why? Like why you act like that, son? He was just fucking with me. That's exactly. He was fucking with me. But you could tell. You could tell. Last time I went in there, like he he was thirsty. He wanted to get down. He didn't want to be up there anymore. So like I'm like, just, just let me get you down, motherfucker. Okay, but anyway, we're we were we were doing the news, so uh, I might want to get back to that. We've, we've been a little loosey goosey since we've been back. <laughs> But tomorrow night, I will be joined by, uh, and we'll we'll figure out the tech details an hour or two before. Does that sound good? We'll make, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. I gotta, sure. I gotta, I gotta run a, I gotta run a nicotine errand before the show. She, she gotta go get her vape juice. So go, you go get your vape juice, get your belly full, and then we'll see you tomorrow night, ten p.m. Eastern. What is seven Pacific? And I don't want. I don't want any fucking cake dust ever. I'm gonna make sure it rains cake dust in the graphics somehow. I don't even I don't even know how to do this. Don't want no cake dust ever, she says. Cake dust is coming tomorrow. Alright, Sparkles. Good night. We will see you tomorrow night. Bye. Bye. Yay! Can't wait to see Sparkles tomorrow night. Do some lines of cake. That sounds like no, because cake mix. I would do some lines of icing. I'd do some lines of icing. Cake mix. Or I'd do some lines of powdered sugar. Cake mix doesn't sound fun, because cake mix, like, it doesn't have any flavor or anything. Cake mix kind of sucks by itself. You gotta, you, the icing's the fun part. I don't really like cake. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm not a big fan of cake. Sparkles like some cake. I'm not a cake fan. So I just had boxes of cake mix that had never been used because I don't really like cake. And I'd ate the icing. I'd actually gotten icing to go with the cake mix, but I'd ate the icing. Because, you know, fuck the cake mix. Oh shit! Okay, we were we were talking about financial shit. Steve Forbes says a storm is brewing, and millennials. Hey guys, us us millennials, we aren't we aren't sharing any of the blame for the current inflation that's going on. Apparently, we're gonna hear from Bill Smead. Uh, it looks like he was a CEO of something. Story. How does this affect the decisions you're now making as an asset allocator? I like a good pie. We're, we're pickers, and he made the decision about two years ago. We saw a chart that went back 250 years. So he is the CIO of Smead Capital Management. So that automatically tells me he is a piece of shit. Whatever this dude is saying, 
the opposite. Do the opposite of whatever you're saying. Showed that commodities were the cheapest relative to common stocks in those 250 years. So we made a major pivot, and we had been prepared to make that pivot for quite a while because the thing that everyone, at least in the United States, estimates is that there are 92 million millennials, primarily in the 27 to 42-year-old age bracket. And the last time we saw what we call Wolverine inflation, which is inflation that is hard for policymakers to stop, was when 75 million baby boomers had replaced 44 million silent generation people in the 1970s. See, what everyone's not including in the conversation is what really causes inflation, which is people with too much money chasing too few goods. So we have... That's not inflation. Inflation is when the government prints money to avoid taxing rich people. And it devalues the currency. We did indeed print a shit ton of money during COVID and we handed it out to rich people. We got some crumbs. And that's what they're blaming for inflation right now. That's what they're saying. We, we, we gave too much money to the people. That's what they're doing. Too, too much money chasing too few goods. The too few goods is the supply chain snarl that has came... Uh, as a result of just-in-time processing, lean staffing, capitalists trying to squeeze every last fucking dime that they can out of the production process. Trying to do everything as you like. Fucking trucking. Something like a a trucker got paid like a a hundred grand in, in 80s dollars. I get something like 60 grand now. It's, it's, it's insane. Just because they're squeezing every bit of money that they can out of people. But he don't care. He's a rich asshole. He's out here to, to tout the line of the, of the bourgeoisie. United States, a whole lot of people, 2732, that postponed adult and home buying, car buying for about seven years later than most generations. But in the past two years, they've all the party together. And this is just the beginning of a 10 to 12 year time period where there's about 50% more people that are wanting these things than there was in the prior, prior group. So the Fed can tighten credit, but won't reduce number of people wanting these necessities in comparison to the prior group. Bill, we've got a slightly dodgy line, but we're going to persist. Um, hopefully it'll work itself out. I, as, I'm uh, not logging it. Goes. I'm not going to persist uh, Bill, if it continues. So I look at your notes here and you say uh, tech is dead. What do you mean by tech is dead? When is the, the right time to go back into this sector? We no, that's not what I give a shit about. Blaming it on is because it's because too many of us are trying to buy houses right now because we've had to put it off far later in our lives than our predecessors because of the economy they gave us. It's their fucking fault. And just to be clear, I want to point out that the Democrats uh, haven't exactly been against that. 
The Democrats didn't just fail to defend social programs, they actively undermined them. In the 80s and 90s, the Democrats took a jackhammer to education, housing, and social welfare. This isn't the story of a weak party unable to defend its earlier gains, but a transformed party demolishing them in a service of a new neoliberal ideology. This is a piece in Jacobin Magazine. Uh, I'm going to link it because we probably won't read the whole thing. Boom. So I encourage you to read it if you want to. The Trump era inspired a wave of reckonings with the history and trajectory of the Republican Party. The Democratic Party often takes a passive role in these narratives, forever crafting an agenda in response to the actions of a more aggressive, emboldened Republican Party post-Reagan. Amid the erosion of organized labor, the dismantling of social welfare programs, and the deregulation of corporations in the latter half of the 20th century, Democrats' failure to defend or repeat their most ambitious projects like the New Deal or the Great Society seemingly testifies to their relative powerlessness in the face of Republican governance. Historian Lily Gesmer's new book, Left Behind, the Democrats' Failed Attempt to Solve Inequality, a comprehensive and critical look at the development of the Democratic Party from the Watergate babies to the neoliberal turn under Bill Clinton and beyond. Uh, in Gessamer's account, the Democratic Party has not simply been playing defense for half a century. Instead, Democrats actively undermined New Deal-era social programs as they sought to marketize public goods for maximum efficiency. Jacobin's Daniel Denver sat down with Gesmer to discuss how the story of the new right can only be understood alongside the past 50 years of neoliberalization in the Democratic Party. Oh, you can actually listen to the episode. So it's a it's a podcast. Cool. Boom. Check that one out. I'll let you listen to that if you guys want to. Just want to hammer home a point that I make all the time. That was that was the main point of trying to like put this story in tonight is like I say that shit. The Democrats really did that. I want to hammer home that point. I'm not the only person that fucking thinks that. Hello, folks, and welcome to Cudlow. I'm Larry Cudlow. Today's inflation report was a disaster. Oh, here's here's an example of one of those kinds of Democrats doing exactly that. We're going to talk about Joe Manchin. And this is going to be Larry Kudlow's open letter to Joe Manchin as we're talking about passing a budget. We've been operating on continuing resolutions. Biden hasn't even passed his own budget. It's pathetic. This administration has been pathetic. Come on, man. I'm sorry, dude. It's not my fault you're pathetic. Please don't run again. Please don't run again. Please don't run again. Please don't run again. He gonna run again. He gonna run again. He He's gonna run again. Esther, inflation is broadening, deepening, and accelerating. Now, Senator Joe Manchin issued a very fine statement today about this disastrous inflation report. Permit me to quote... It is time for us to work together to get unnecessary spending under control. Produce more energy at home 
and take more active and serious steps to address this record inflation that now poses a clear and present danger. Cool. If you would like to produce more energy at home, can it please be clean energy? Can we please invest in clean energy? Please, sir. ...to our economy. No matter what spending aspirations some in Congress may have, it is clear to anyone who visits a grocery store or a gas station that we cannot add any more fuel to this inflation fire. All right, Senator, as an old friend, I want to say first how right you are, especially about getting unnecessary spending under control. Therefore, I must ask friend to friend. The unnecessary spending is all the money that we shovel at corporations. And when they faced hard times, when we, when, we, when we had the downturn during COVID, the government not only bailed them out, made them whole, they made fucking money. The government covered all of their losses. We saw none of the gains. They've made record profits since. It has been highway fucking robbery. What you're calling inflation has just been us, the middle class, getting robbed. They saw an opportunity with COVID. They, they, they see the paradigm shift. They see that the, the winds of change are coming. And they're going to try to rob us of as much money as they can. All the money that we throw at U.S. military contractors. And my God, like Ukraine, I've been skeptical the whole fucking time. But at this point in time, we're just we're just sinking money into a never-ending quagmire. We've just moved from one to the other. We've moved from one country to another. Now we're beefing with Russia. As if, as if it wasn't a, a, a proxy war with Russia and Afghanistan as well. It's insane. And just like, it fucking, he's going over to Israel like, oh, you need to give more money to Ukraine. Just, just because if you give more money to Ukraine, there's more money that you can send to fucking U.S. defense contractors so they can drain more of our treasury. It's disgusting. And we aren't going to get anything. A budget from the Biden administration is going to be fucking bare bones. The only thing Joe, Joe Manchin has said it himself, the only thing that he has agreed to is to do possibly, possibly drug negotiation on Medicare. To allow Medicare to negotiate prescription drug prices. That's the only thing that Joe Manchin has said that he would sign on to in the budget bill. Bull fucking shit. We're not going to get anything. Why on earth are you huddling privately with Senator Chuck Schumer over a reconciliation package that could add a trillion Democrats. dollars spending and raise taxes on small businesses? If we want to fight inflation, we should freeze domestic spending. You proposed this freeze last summer. You were right then. You were instrumental in saving America and killing the five trillion Bill Advocating Bill austerity Bill. measures. Your great credit. No one praised you more than I did. Along with our coalition to save America, you came on this very show and you spoke brilliantly on the subject of spending control and stopping inflation. Your segment ratings, by the way, went through the roof. So how can it be that now suddenly you're dancing cheek to cheek with Chuck Schumer? You know, you're breaking my heart. 
But you also know that more spending will steepen inflation. Conferencing. Listen, what the fuck now, is like? Totally right about growth. Cudlow, you're you're calling it dancing cheek to cheek that he's conferencing with his party leader. What the fuck are you talking about? You're such a fucking idiot. Right wingers are morons. Grocery stores and gas stations. You're totally right about not adding any more fuel to this inflation fire. Right, this right, right, right. Like so the midterms, the midterms, and we're going to talk about that coming up here in a little bit. We're, we're going to talk about 2024. But like with the midterms, they actually are looking like they're going to stumble into faith. Like right now, the Democrats are up on a generic ballot. The Democrats are up on a generic ballot. They might actually be able to stumble into wins and retain the House and the Senate. Everybody wants to be all doom and gloom about the House, and it's just because, you know, the party in power, low turnout, blah, yada, 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 yada. But people might actually be mobilized. Like, this this fall could be surprising. But I also think a lot of the, the shit that you hear where, like, it's favorable coverage to the Republican Party... Is also propaganda. Those are propaganda lines. It's like, we're always fighting against the, the right-wing narrative, right? And I honestly think they can... They, they think they can will Republican popularity into existence with their propaganda. So, yeah. I, I understand being used to disappointment, but, like, we're always going to be fighting... We're always going to be fighting power. That's the eternal struggle. It's always about fighting power. And we just, it's not that we need to elect more Dems. It's that we need, we need better Democrats. We need better Democrats of the people that are like, we need the old farts out of the way. It like, it's something like it seems, it seems wild because we've been infantilized for so long, but like my generation has to take the reins of power. The millennials have to be emboldened and take the reins of power. We got to get these old fucks out of office. They've got to go. They've got to go. We don't have time. We don't have time. The Joe Manchin I know and respect. Heck, I wanted you to run for president on these ideas. But this Schumer smooching has got us all in a tizzy. Say it isn't so, Joe. And I might add, Senator. How drunk is Larry Kudlow? And successful entrepreneurs will do great harm to the supply side of the economy, which will bring on more inflation. So I'm begging you to reconsider. We know you're a patriot. Please think about how federal fiscal policy could help the Fed and mitigate the recession by spending, taxing, and recession. Take the shackles off business. Take the shackles off the oil and gas sector. Stop the regulatory agencies from running wild and making up laws the way the Supreme Court decision, West Virginia versus the EPA, is meant to do. Here's how bad the inflation report is today. You could take out food and energy, which we shouldn't because that's what working folks buy. But even if you took out food and energy, inflation over the past three months is nearly 8% at an annual rate, much faster than the 12-month change of nearly 6%. Services inflation, even without energy, is now up 8.5% for the past three months, compared to only 5.5% year-on-year. 
Inflation is actually getting faster. The Cleveland Fed has an important measure that removes the high and low price outliers and gives a more accurate reading of underlying inflation. Well, that metric has gone from 2% 18 months ago to 7% today. The Fed's going to have to raise its target rate in a couple of weeks by a full 100 basis points. The Bank of Canada just raised its rate by a full percentage point. We're going to have to do exactly the same thing if we're to show we're serious about stomping out monetary inflation. Already, typical working families are watching their weekly wages drop over 6% in the past year and a half. Family costs probably up by over $5,000 close to that. 68% of the CPI components are now rising at 5% or faster. Inflation expectations are becoming embedded throughout the economy. It's going to take a couple years to get back to the Fed's 2% inflation target if they can even do that. That's why I'm imploring you, Senator, to adopt a pro-growth fiscal approach. We do not need to spend and tax more. We do need to spend... Oh, you think he's less slurry? Less. A supply-side boost to the economy will help working folks. It'll avoid a catastrophic... By the, by the way, by the, way, the policies he is advocating inflation. for is exactly what they did in Sri Lanka, and uh, the people revolted. I mean, where did Sri Lanka get that idea from? Oh, here's one for you. Here's one for you. Today, Republicans, actually 168 Republicans in the House, voted against a bill to create an Amber Alert-like system for active shooters. The House voted 260 to 169 to approve the legislation with 168 Republicans and one Democrat, Wisconsin Representative Ron Kind, who is not running for re-election, voting in opposition. The Active Shooter Alert Act, which was sponsored by Representatives David Cicilline and Fred Upton, would allow law enforcement to deploy the alert system to notify the public when there's an active shooter threat in schools and community centers. Seems perfectly reasonable, especially in a country like this where, you know, it's every day is mass shooting USA. I didn't check today. I didn't have it. There, there wasn't a notable one, but, you know, more than likely. Uh, it, like, they just didn't have enough victims for it to make the national news. Uh, the Buffalo shooter was indeed, uh, charged like a federal hate crime. The whole, the weird thing about like uh, focusing on like the outrage that the video leaked is bullshit. I'm sorry. Yes, 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 yes. As I said, four wounded in mass shooting in West Garfield Park in Chicago. Four people were wounded in a shooting on Thursday afternoon. Police said the victims were hanging uh, outside of a residence in the 4400 block of West Maypole Avenue when a white sport utility vehicle drove by and someone got out and shot them all. Just another day in mass shooting USA. You don't have to look far. 
Police seek help in locating a suspect in Highway 18 road rage shooting in, in uh, Oregon. The squeegee, like, okay, I saw so much outrage over the the squeegee workers. Let's let's take a look. Teen arrested in fatal shooting of man who swung a bat at a squeegee worker. Don't ever fucking attack workers. That's not cool. The victim had a heated confrontation with the street workers uh, as he drove through a downtown intersection in Baltimore. The police said he approached the group with a baseball bat and swung at them. Teenager has been arrested and charged in connection with the fatal shooting of a driver who confronted squeegee workers with a baseball bat. I don't know. He might have been justified. Dude, dude, was he, was, were you standing your ground? Did he, was, did he have intent? Anyway, anyway, 168 Republicans voted against a system that would create an Amber Alert. Guys, I don't see any reason why that system shouldn't be in place. It seems like it would be a very good idea. The only the only thing that even pops to my mind is that you might not want to, one, uh, give away law enforcement presence somewhere, but I don't, I don't know that that alert would do that. Two, you might not want to uh, create a panic among like parents and have them rush the school in a dangerous situation. I could see, I could see that being a reason. But I, I, I kind of believe the benefits would outweigh the the negatives on that one. I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's an interesting question. But Pelosi slammed. The 168 Republicans who voted against it, and I guess the one Democrat that voted against it. Sorry, Nancy. Freedom and save lives. At the same time as we are protecting freedom, we want to make our country safe, and House Democrats have continued to work to defend freedom and save lives. Yesterday, we passed the active shooter alert bill. Active Shooter Alert Bill is an amber alert. It can tell you when there's in your community nearby uh, active shooting going on. It has broad support from the uh, law enforcement community. Mr. Cicilline has worked for a long time with the law enforcement community on legislation uh, of this kind. If, If there's an active shooter threat in a school or any public place, a similar system to Adam... Amber Alert will go off. 168 Republicans voted no. If your child were in a school where there was an assault, wouldn't you want to know? How can these Republicans vote no to people knowing that there's an an assault in their school or their community centers or wherever? Well, I mean, I was assuming that it had nothing to do with the, with the, like, alerting the parents that something was going on and then everything to do with, like, saying avoid the area, there's an active shooting situation, trying to clear out the area, the immediate area, so that the law enforcement can more effectively respond, as if law enforcement effectively responds to anything 168 Republicans voted. Hi, Maynard. Glad to see you're not in the ceiling tonight. I don't know. These people think their political survival is more important than the survival of our children. 
We have to do much more. More action is needed to save lives. The Judiciary Committee is moving forward with the um, you ran away from me. Markup on the assault weapons ban. They'll have their own announcement on that. Uh, but there is great support in our caucus for an assault weapon ban. It's about our children. More children die from gun violence in each year than cancer, car accidents, or anything. How could that be? Number one cause of death: the children in this country. It's that should be that should be a blight. That should be a blight on like that should be a statistic that is seared into the minds of every American. The number one cause of death of children in this country is guns. Number one cause of death in this country is guns. I'd like to repeat that one more time. The number one cause of death of children in this country is guns. And you're telling me we don't need some form of gun control. Mox, like, like the only thing I can think of is you don't want to create a panic, create a rush on the school. I, because I, I, I would be interested to hear a rationale for being against it as well. Let's see if we get it in the story. Rep. Jim Jordan, a a Republican of Ohio, because of course he voted against it, because protecting school children from imminent danger is definitely not a thing that Jim Jordan engages in, as he knew all about a coach raping, raping students at Ohio State University and protected the coach. One of the Republicans who voted against the bill described it as an unnecessary gimmick to cede more authority to the already highly politicized Biden Department of Justice. That makes zero sense. That is not a rationale. Rep. Chip Roy, a Republican from Texas who also voted no, called the bill another example of Washington creating another department, another position, spending more money we don't have in order to have a policy objective of continuing to advance fear among the American people. Creating a department we don't have, it's just adding a fucking alert that goes out on phone messages. It is literally fucking paying somebody to program... Something for fucking uh, an hour or two. (laughs) What in the fuck is he talking about? These people are so goddamn stupid. Oh my god. Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? They're just contrarian. Even in like, that's the wild thing. I came up with a better rationale for why you might be against it than they did. And these guys are paid to do this. Fucking, maybe I should turn right winger. I could get elected to fucking office just saying crazy ass shit. Holy fuck. I just couldn't do it. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm not. 
I'm not low enough on ethics. Let's hear from the father of a Parkland victim who is speaking out after being tossed out from a White House press event for shouting at Joe Biden. The Parkland, Florida school shooting is calling for more action after being escorted out of a White House ceremony marking the passage of a federal bipartisan gun reform bill. The audience was full of people whose lives were affected by mass shootings, including Manuel Oliver, who told the president right then and there that he has to do more. You have to do more because than that. Because make no mistake. You have to do more than that. You have to open an office in the White House. Name a director. So, Pepe, the thing is, like, okay, so, like, I could do a speech. I could do, like, a segment. I could write something where I'm a right-winger. But to do this, to do this live and talk off the cuff, I wouldn't be able to do it. I can't think like a right-winger off the cuff consistently for hours on end. I wouldn't be able to do this. And it's so easy, too. Tim Pool makes so much money. And the fact that I have, like, left-wing bona fides now, that I've, I've done this for a couple years... I can do the I left the left bullshit and get paid big money. Yeah, I just, I, 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 and, and like also like I would feel nasty. I would feel fucking nasty doing it. I would feel nasty doing it. That's why, that's why I can't. But I, I love this guy. I love this. I love this. This Parkland victim's dad. I don't know what his name is here. We're gonna get it here in a second because he's gonna he's gonna talk to ABC News. And Manuel Oliver joins me now for more on what happened there yesterday. Manuel, thanks for being here. Manuel Oliver, you speak out. You were a badass. This event in this way. Um, I, I'm not planning these kind of things. Um, I was going to an event that had a lot of, um, I like to think I do, Ray, but like, we were invited by the White House. Uh, but then I, I start feeling a lot of, uh, celebration mood, a lot of joy, collective joy, which is in, in any way, um, what we should be doing. Um, there's people dying every day and, and, and just to mention, uh, Uvalde, you can see these mothers not even understanding what happened less, oh, a little more than a month ago. So <clears throat> there was a lot of frustration. I lost my son, as, as you know. And uh, it was the right moment um, to tell the president what I'm, what I'm asking for. I, I, I tried to contact him before. Sometimes I was lucky enough to have a little chat with him. But it's been a while. And, and the- Man, his, his Zoom is a little fucked up too, but like Biden said, let him speak. Why did you, why, like, if I was in the communications department for Biden, I'd be like, let him come up and have the microphone. Like, that's a, that's a much better viral moment than you kicking the man out, you stupid fuck. Do you know how awesome you would look if you come, like, the, the, the Joe Biden brand is being able to, like, talk and empathize with people. How the fuck are you not letting him come, well, COVID measures, and we're going to get to Biden and COVID measures here in just a little bit as well. But, like, 
how do you not put your arm around him and be like, all right, let me, let me hear your story and do the, do the buy the thing where you, where you sat next to the fucking homeless guy and heard his story. That's the way you should have done. Not, not to compare this, this guy to a homeless guy or what have you, but that, that example where you're, you're sitting next to that guy and you listen to his story. Like, how do you not pull that? That's supposed to be the, the Biden brand. What the fuck is wrong with these people? They do everything wrong. And this is an origin call to actually. I know that this gun reform package doesn't nearly have everything in it that you would like it to have. But there are several measures in place. It is progress, right? So why don't you think that is cause for celebration? And, and what would be in your eyes? That is an actual well, quote, Mark. You're right. Legislators to do that kind of thing. Um, no one is celebrating your work, right? You, you do your job every single day. They go back home. Um, same thing on my side. And so why are we um, putting together this whole idea that we are solving a problem? And, and and not not to mention that we are okay. We all know that it's not enough, but we're all okay with that. Why are we reacting in such a passive way to gun violence? Why is it that it's not enough? Uh, President Biden was very clear asking for uh, what he wanted in that package of bills. He wanted a, a ban on assault weapons. He wanted a universal background check. He wanted to raise the age. But guess what? I agree with all of those. In addition to that, I think that we should have an office in the White House. So I don't, I don't buy the idea that we should be good and, and let's all clap and be okay because this is a, a big step it's not it's a part of a process and and we need to keep on fighting for big steps now federal legislation is up to congress so why are you directing this message to the white house the white house can because direct what congress. i asked directly to the white house has nothing to do with congress um the president can open this office and i insist uh gun violence and victims victims of gun violence have um no one actually working in, in 24-7, 100% attention um, in that issue, in that matter. Uh, you see how the whole nation uh, created a group of people for COVID and we had a department getting involved. And you know what? Those things work. And and it will be a call directly from the president. It has nothing to do with any member of Congress or Senate. It's a, it's a very easy uh, demand and ask for the president to, to go ahead and do it. I think it's a valid option and he should not ignore it. Uh, Manuel, have you heard from the administration since the event? No. No. Um, <laughs> have, I don't know. I don't I know. seen yet, but I do know that uh, at some point yesterday, they um, sent a, a statement saying that I had a meeting with President Biden yesterday morning, which is not true. So they had to um, correct themselves later yesterday. Wow. And uh, yes, I, I met the president probably two months ago. Uh, it was a visit to the White House. It was, it was a traditional visit where you take a picture with the president. It was, it was not a discussion with the president. So, and, and by the way, that day, um, Joe Biden told me, uh, you have to keep on doing what you're doing. You have to put pressure on there. Um, pursue your goals. And that's exactly what I did yesterday. So he President told him to put pressure on him. Biden told him to put pressure on him. We need to do more. We have to do more. And he has his way of doing it. And, and I have mine. And Manuel, what kind of advice would you offer to the sadly many parents out there who are living through 
the same experience that you went through and are living through, having lost your son in a mass shooting at his school. Uh, what's your advice to other parents who are dealing with that and still struggling with this grief? I have advice to any of you kids out there that may be thinking of shooting up your school. I don't get to do this very often because school's out of session right now. But kids, shoot up drugs, not schools. Better for you and better for everybody else. Shoot up drugs, not schools. You'll be much, you'll be much, much happier, much happier. I don't know. Drugs made me happy. Everybody reacts to drugs differently. Drugs made me happy. Your mileage may vary. I'm sorry. Yeah, I. That's a very personal reaction, right? As a parent, you can you have the right to to do whatever you want. Uh, in our case, we're trying to honor Joaquin, uh, fighting back a battle that we did not start, and and we're willing to keep on doing that. Um, I I like to think that um, I'm still Joaquin's dad. Patricia likes to think that she's still Joaquin's mom, and and that's why we do these things. I, if if I need to interrupt. The Pope, I will. If I need to interrupt another leader, I will. If the it's hard to hear, but he said, if I need to interrupt the Pope, I will. I'm so totally behind this, dude. I just, I wish I could hear him better. There's a lot of background noise in the place that he's at, and it's very grating to me. Let's move from Biden and gun violence to Biden's trip to Israel. Clearly, like, the, the thing in the Rose Garden was, what, Monday? Then, then Biden uh, made the trip to Israel. Come on, man. Biden's trip is about exiting the Middle East, but U.S. might get pulled back in. Reading from The Intercept. Over the past few decades, trips by U.S. presidents to the Middle East have been accompanied by statements of strong strategic and moral purpose. Hey, if somebody is uh, in the chat that can do it, make a poll. Do you believe that Biden is going to touch the orb when he goes to Saudi Arabia? I think that might be tomorrow. Sparkle sent me some message about about cake dust. George W. Bush went to the region with soaring promises to deliver hope for millions across the Middle East. Barack Obama's first major trip was in an attempt to rebuild trust with the millions who had by that time were aghast at the outcome of the Bush's disastrous wars. Even Donald Trump went to the Middle East to rally support for Muslim leaders for fighting the Islamic State, as well as to sign flashy economic and strategic agreements with Arab leaders expected to boost the U.S. economy. See, uh, uh, expected to boost the U.S. economy. Why? Because it was an arms deal. It was the normalization of relations so that we could sell them arms. That's why I get upset when, uh, oh, that's her dusted wets. Sorry, Cesaro Fields. I was able to approve your message. Her spaghetti looks good. I kind of want spaghetti now. They even let him touch the orb. That's what I want to know. Is Biden going to touch the orb? Is Biden going to touch the orb? I don't know if you guys know this or not, but there's a big deal about handshaking. About whether or not, like, apparently it is COVID protocols that he not shake hands on this trip. 
But the real reason that they're doing this is because they don't want a picture of him shaking hands with Prince Bonesaw. Will they let Biden touch the orb? President Joe Biden's current trip to the Middle East, though, raises more questions than it answers. Rather than announcing any major initiatives, Biden, who is on a four-day trip to Israel, the occupied West Bank, and Saudi Arabia, seems more like he is headed to the, into the region in search of an exit from it. Having abandoned a generation-long effort to reshape the Middle East uh, using American power, the United States under his presidency is now scaling back its ambitions to three very minimal goals, protecting Israel, protecting energy supplies in the Persian Gulf, and minimizing the threat of international terrorism. The goal of a grand Pax Americana is finished. Biden is merely writing its obituary. Biden has governed as a politi uh, poli uh, politician of reduced expectations, and his humble Middle East policy reflects that. But there are signs that it might still give him dangerously more than he bargained for. Prior to his departure, Biden published an op-ed in the Washington Post explaining the economic and political reasons for his visit. He was also placed in the awkward position of explaining to Post readers why he was backing down from his previous pledge to isolate Saudi Arabia's de facto ruler, Mohammed bin Salman. Prince Bonesaw, after the Crown Prince, murdered a columnist from that same publication. Biden's article painted an unconvincing picture of a region that was becoming more stable and prosperous thanks to U.S. efforts. It was also notable, however, for however little he promised about the future. Biden reminded Americans that the Middle East had lots of oil and gas that it would need to be protected, particularly during a period of global energy inflation. Other than that, the only significant promise the president made was that his visit would be uh, would help improve normalization efforts between Israel and the Gulf Arab states. Previous statements by U.S. presidents uh, that they would be helping spread democracy or mediating an end to the Israel-Palestine conflict were nowhere to be seen. Uh, here he was speaking with the Israeli Prime Minister earlier today. I don't know what the time difference is. He may be getting Thank ready you know, to. President. He may be getting ready to speak to Prince Bonesaw right now. If somebody wants to look up when uh, when anything in Saudi Arabia is going on, and it might be it might be a few hours from now though. I'm not I'm not sure on the time difference. Joe Biden is in Israel, where he just received the country's Medal of Honor. The president is the fucking what? Israel that the U.S. will not allow Iran to develop a nuclear weapon. CBS 2's Skylar Henry has more on why the countries can't agree on the best way to go about that. Joe Biden got a, a Medal of Honor. Is that what he said? Come on, man. For what? It's like Obama winning the Nobel Prize. President Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid signed a joint pledge to deny Iran nuclear weapons. You have an ironclad commitment from the United States of America to Israel's security, an ironclad commitment. Israel is pushing the U.S. to be more aggressive against Iran. The Iranian regime must know that if they continue to deceive the world, they will pay a heavy price. 
President Biden says he wants to continue to work to try to bring Iran back to the negotiating table to find a peaceful resolution to end their nuclear program. I continue to believe that diplomacy is the best way to achieve this outcome. But the Israelis say that won't work. Words will not stop them, Mr. President. Diplomacy. Words are like bullets. The only thing that will stop Iran is knowing that if they continue to develop their nuclear program, the free world will use. Hey, 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 I, uh, I don't think you should be using the word free world because uh, you guys got an apartheid state going on over there. By the way, somebody put up a billboard. Let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can find this billboard. Yeah. Uh, someone put these billboards up all over our fucking shit. That's not a, that is not a format I can show you guys. Someone put these billboards up all over uh, Israel for Biden's visit. Allow me to show you what they look like. Mr. President, this is apartheid. So how dare you use the word free world or use the phrase free world, sir? You know nothing of the free world. You have a whole second-class citizenry in your country. Oh, Sky Comet, I didn't see you cheer. Thank you so much for the bits. You are awesome. I'm still, I'm working with my, my Streamlabs alerts. They're fucked up for some reason. I don't, I don't like it. But you know what? I, like Iran is not killing journalists as far as I know. Maybe they are and I'm just not aware of it. But Israel has killed a few and I'm a little upset by it. Force. Wednesday, President Biden told Israeli TV that all options are on the table. Does that also mean, sir, that you would use uh, force against Iran? Is that what that means? If that was the last resort, yes. Mm -hmm. Friday, President Biden heads to Saudi Arabia to meet with the country's king and crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman. Skyler Henry, CBS News, the White House. So it's 5.09 currently in Saudi Arabia. That means it's probably a few more hours, 9, 10 o'clock or something, where he'll be meeting with Prince Boomsaw. Here's the thing I was telling you about with the handshake. He's apparently uh, violating the COVID protocol somewhere here. He shake somebody's hand. I love the COVID protocol, but yet they get right up in each other's face. Maybe, maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe, maybe we need to be on Biden 
uh, dies of COVID watch. We won't even have to worry about uh, the 2024 primary. Lady B! The elbow bump. So I, don't, I didn't see him shake hands with anybody. He fist bumped everybody, didn't he? Tickles him and runs away. I mean, they were right up in each other's fucking faces. So, so much for fucking COVID protocols. Biden's handshake in Israel causing issues, is what Bloomberg says. President Biden wasn't supposed to shake hands with any foreign leaders during his first Middle East trip. It's a precaution aid said were, uh, were meant to protect him from COVID-19, but one that would conveniently help avoid a handshake with the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman on the second leg of his tour. But in this video, you can see him fist bumping the Israeli premier and several other officials after stepping off Air Force One. He later had an extended handshake with Israel's former prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. Do we, are we seeing, are we seeing this handshake with Bibi here? I don't think we, I don't think we got the handshake with Bibi. who may still come to power. And we'll give big props to our boy, one Mr. Bernie Sanders. Uh, he says we must put an end to the unauthorized and unconstitutional involvement of U.S. armed forces in the catastrophic Saudi-led war in Yemen. And Congress must take back its authority over war. Sanders, Leahy, and Warren introduced War Powers Resolution to end the U.S. involvement in Saudi war in Yemen. Bernie Sanders, along with Senators Patrick Leahy and Elizabeth Warren, on Thursday introduced a joint resolution in the Senate. Which, by the way, I tried to find a news story on this and not just Bernie's press release, and I could not find it. That tells you how little the uh, war machine media pays attention to shit like this. The resolution, which is supported by a bipartisan group of more than 100 members of Congress in the House, is considered privileged in the Senate and receive a vote on the floor as soon as 10 calendar days following introduction. So good on you, Bernie Sanders. Fucking thank God. Now let's go back to talk about Israel. Israeli forces keep killing Americans while U.S. officials keep giving them a pass. What up with that? What up with that? Come on, man. Did you mention that when you were there, Joe Biden? Nearly two decades before Israeli forces killed Palestinian-American journalist Shireen Abu Akleh, shooting a single bullet into her head while she was reporting from the occupied West Bank city of Jenin, an Israeli soldier drove a bulldozer over American peace activist Rachel Corey 
crushing her to death. Both killings left little real doubt about the dynamics at play. Abu Akli was standing uh, with a group of colleagues wearing a vest, clearly marked press, nowhere near the fighting that had taken place earlier that morning. Corey was non-violently protesting the demolition of a Palestinian family's home in Gaza. She was wearing a fluorescent orange jacket with reflective strips and had been on the scene for several hours at times speaking into a megaphone. In the moment before her death, Corey was standing in the path of the bulldozer as other activists had been doing throughout the day. As the driver pushed the machine forward, she climbed onto a mound of dirt so she would clearly be visible. According to witness testimony reviewed by The Intercept, the driver kept advancing. When she fell to the ground, the dirt engulfed her, but the driver moved several feet forward before backing off, effectively crushing her twice. The possibility that he did not see her, as he later claimed, defies all credibility. Still, the Israeli government never took responsibility for her death, and while the U.S. government rejected the results of the Israeli investigation, it did nothing to uh, ensure that such a killing would not happen again, and so it did. Corey was killed on March 16, 2003, when she was 23. Twelve years later, on the anniversary of her death, her parents and sister met with Anthony Blinken for the last time. The Deputy Secretary of State spoke to them in, a, in the sincere way they had come to know well. Come back any time, he told them as the meeting came to a close. The Corys didn't want to come back. They had been meeting with Blinken for years, and they were tired. When he asked earnestly, what can I do for you, they felt frustrated, or they felt frustrated. I appreciate your kindness. Craig Corey told Blinken, I'm glad you are personally engaged, but unless you engage your institution, it doesn't do me any good. He's asking, what can I do for you? Cindy Corey, Rachel's mother, told The Intercept, but there's a point at which it's like, what are you guys going to do? A common refrain with the current crop of Democrats. I can't tell you what tools you have to use, echoed Sarah, uh, Sarah, Rachel's sister. You need to be telling us. Rachel's killing had brought the Corys to hundreds of offices like Blinken's over the years, but nowhere closer to the accountability they were seeking. Blinken, today the Secretary of State, was one of several senior U.S. officials who worked closely with the family during their years-long crusade for justice and one of a number who now occupy top positions in the Biden administration. The Corys liked him, and they appreciated his efforts and warmth. In emails, he signed himself Tony. He always responded to their letters and regularly met with them for longer than scheduled. Ultimately, however, Blinken failed them. They prepared to leave his office the last time. Sarah told him there was a promise made to the President of the United States from Prime Minister Ariel Sharon of a thorough, credible, and transparent investigation. Your your government said that that never happened. The promise was never fulfilled. She recalled, you've still got a problem here. Blinken nodded, I know. Walking away, Sarah knew she was done. Here you guys go if you want to read the rest of the story. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Let's shed a little light on why it's like this. Reading from the American... Uh, the American prospect APAC has taken over the democratic primary process. What will it take for democratic leadership to cry foul? 
Primary season is ending with a bang this year in the Democratic primary thanks to APAC, the single most consequential political action committee involved. The hawkish political group through its super PAC United Democracy Project is dumping trainloads of money to influence the outcome of two particularly high-profile races, boosting Haley Stevens over incumbent Andy Levin in Michigan's incumbent on incumbent 11th Congressional District and Glenn Ivey over Donna Edwards in Maryland's open 4th District. On the surface, those campaigns break down along familiar ideological lines. Stevens and Ivey are the more conservative candidates. Levin and Edwards are progressives. But the Maryland race is especially notable for both the Democratic forces APAC is now opposing uh, and for the stunning quality or quantity of cash it is dedicated to the cause. Uh, they have never said what APAC is an acronym for, and I don't remember it off the top of my head. So please, let's search it. It is Israel's lobbying arm. American Israel Public Affairs Committee. American Israel Public Affairs Committee. It is the lobbying arm of Israel in the United States. But the Maryland race is especially notable for both the Democratic forces APAC is now opposing and for the stunning quantity of cash it is dedicated to the cause. Already, UDP has spent some $6 million boosting Ivy and opposing Edwards, by far the most money the Super PAC has poured into any individual race in the cycle. And it's not merely to knock off a squad-type progressive. Edwards, who has already served a decade representing the same 4th District as a Democrat, is a close ally of Democratic leadership and endorsee of everyone from Speaker Nancy Pelosi to Hillary Clinton. Evangelicals give more money to support Israel than any other entity, and the, the, the Israelis eat it up. I know what you're talking about, Star Craving. You you have to work with me here until I get a new monitor, I promise you. I know exactly what you're talking about. I can t- I totally see the stream. Oh. When I, when I, I try to adjust the fucking shit so everyone can see. Oh, there you go. So everyone can see. Sometimes I forget. I get a little involved. When I was at the old place, I had a square monitor. And that's why like this shit is square. That's why this area right here has this square look. Every monitor right now I've got are are long. So I gotta I've gotta do something to compensate for that. Until I like order. I went to a thrift store to see if I could just find one cheap. That's where I that's where I usually get like this is a nice monitor. This is a nice monitor. Well, I mean that's a TV. 
But like I and I like having a square. I personally like having a square monitor because I put scripts and shit on it, and it's like it's it, it just it works it works better for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go find a like a square Dell monitor. It's like they're thirty they're thirty four bucks for me to order one on eBay. Just like if I could go to a pawn shop or something and find one, it'd be like $10. Just like, this is a really nice monitor I got right here for $10. You caught a 12-hour on Twitter? I caught one not that long ago. It's for something fucking stupid. Did you, did you like target a group or some shit like that? Super duper pawn. <laughs> We were gonna go to the. We were gonna go like it, it was like Super Pawn. Like that's why they wanted to go to the Super Pawn, and she kept singing. Like I thought she was like singing Missy Elliott. She's like Super Duper Pawn. Oh yeah, that'll do it. If you if you if you target a specific, if like oh you can you can click that like oh they're harassing me, and you you've used some kind of a slur, then yeah yeah yeah. That that will catch you a ban. I'm sorry, but like, it's only twelve hours, so that's not that bad. But fuck, fuck the money that Israel is pouring into our politics. All the money that that Israel gets from our government to help prop up their government. It's ultimately toxic for the party leadership to tacitly welcome a group currently endorsing a Republican who compared Democrats to Nazis. Yes, yes, it does. And it is. Now let's move over to the 2024 race. Democrats don't want Joe Biden. What's your to Democrats who don't want you to run again? They want me to run. Two-thirds say they don't. Read the polls, Jack. You guys are all the same. That poll showed that 92% of Democrats, if I ran, would vote for me. A majority of Democrats say they don't want you to run Come again on, in man. 2024. 92% said if I did, they'd vote for me. Well, uh, President Biden there putting on a happy face, trying to spin those terrible numbers from the New York Times as he's pressed on a dismal poll showing nearly... I think I speak for pretty much everybody, like... The optimal thing is if you just don't run again and there is a vigorous open primary. Hell, even let Hillary Clinton come back and run. Everybody can be in the primary. Let everybody into the primary. Let's see how it actually how it actually pans out. Bernie, come back, Bernie. And Bernie may know something that we don't know since he is gearing up for another presidential run. It would seem. And he said the only way that he would run is if Biden didn't run. But, like, we've got to get these uh, old fuckers out of here. Our generation. The Gen Xers, the Millennials, and even the Gen Z. We, we need... We need to get them out of power. And we need to take the reins of power. Like, Joe, I don't even think Joe Biden is a baby boomer, is he? Joe Biden's like older than a baby boomer. Motherfucker is older than a baby boomer. 35 to be president.
Nearly two-thirds of Democratic primary voters would not want him to run again for president in 2024. Wow. Uh, Hugh DeRiac, Fox News contributor and former White House. Oh, Joe just missed me in a boomer by like a year. This book, Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias, Why the Press Gets So Much Wrong and Doesn't Care. Katie Porter. Katie Porter is my pick for 2024. Katie Porter has been my pick for 2024 since like the since before Biden was sworn into office. I'm like, we need to primary Joe Biden with Katie Porter. Somebody needs to primary Joe Biden. And I think Katie Porter would be the absolute best woman for the job. And I would absolutely love to have Katie Porter as our president. That's my pick. I think that uh, we can finally get a progress because because she is um, because she is inoffensive. Two for the right. Do you know who I'm even talking about, Lady B? Katie Porter is awesome. Yes, it says hiss. Hey, Smokey. Here's your kitty. Ah. Ah. Katie Porter is like the best we could ever hope for in a 2024 race. I think I think she she is one of the most progressive people. Uh, you know what? Let's let's go to her social media here. She currently has COVID. Where the fuck did I see that video? She had like a message on like, uh, I guess it was Twitter. It is finally available to purchase. We heard so much about it. But this plays right into what you're talking about. By the way, why is he so angry? I don't know. I wasn't watching him. I was watching If you If you watched him, Katie Porter, you would love her, Lady B. <laughs> She's sassy. She puts people in her place. Well, I mean, the, his response was not something I don't think. I mean, 
He's got a quick temper, doesn't he? You know, we all think convivial Joe Biden, but there's something. He snaps. He snaps too easy at the wrong things. But what a fabrication and, and what, a, what a fantasy land he's living in if he thinks the Democrats really want him to run. They don't. The number was from him saying head-to-head -head with Donald Trump. Yeah. How many Democrats would vote for Donald Trump, uh, would vote for him? 92%. But that's just one portion of a poll where only 24% want him to run, period. Yeah, he, it, look, if he runs against Donald Trump, the Democrats are going to rally. That's going to be a fact. Mm -hmm. right? The problem mm -hmm. is the Democrats don't mm -hmm. want him to be the candidate. Right, 64% of them say nominate a different person. These right. are Democrats. Who do they have? Oh, they're going to have 28 candidates again. Remember, last time they had 28 mm -hmm. candidates. We had two nights of debates because there were so many on two different oh, stages. Hell yeah. The same thing will happen. Yeah, no, Ari Fleischer's still around. Democracy primaries let the party. And why? Why would why would we listen to a former Republican press secretary about like what the Democrats should do? blood to come and get established so this will be the future for the democrats i predicted this in may that biden is not going to run again right. just think about the day after the november election if they lose the house lose the senate do they really want an unpopular 80 year old to lead them into the future sure and to the point about your book uh, about i don't think they're going to lose the house uh, the i mean i, I think they right could now. possibly lose the house probably the not the senate you've got the terrible news oh shit oh shit oh shit if you if you look down the graphic down here it has Dan Crenshaw. And for those of you who don't know, I would give anything, anything I own, everything in the world to piss in Dan Crenshaw's open eye hole. Give me that eye pussy, sir. Oh, yeah. Might have to make that a little bigger. Homiera Bear. Did I say that right? Thank you for being a freaking follower. Welcome. Welcome. Dan Grinjaw is a fucking dickhead. My God, is he a fucking dickhead. That's the reason why I would give anything to business open eye hole. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the that's the whole reason. I hope that worked and that worked on all of them and not just like, yeah, there we go. Good. Talent of the Silverhawk. You want to call in? You want to hop in the Discord? You want to have a you want to have a you want to have an argument? I'm down. I'm totally down. I'm going to have to repack my bong here. Or they did the story. I'm not high enough for this shit. He's too old. He's shuffling around. Then oh, he was just getting ready to appear on Fox News. The New York Times validated the Hunter Biden laptop. And then yesterday, the Washington Post ran a great big op-ed from Fred Ryan that said... I got to repack it. I got to repack it. Hold on. ...to go to Saudi Sorry, Arabia. So it's almost like they're... Are they trying to push him toward the exit or trying to make him better? Well, and this is one of the reasons I wrote this book, because I am so fed up with the press and the way that they are so pro-democratic. So here's what I think is going on with the recent turn in coverage. It's temporary. It's a passing phase. So what's happening now is this represents the angst of the Democrats, the, the people who the college educated, voters who are now increasingly democratic, who don't want Biden to run, as we talked about. It's being reflected in the media coverage. But if you saying young people? 
This will be over with in an instant. They're all in. And especially if it's against Trump or DeSantis or yep. Kirstie Noem, you name the Republican, as soon as it becomes that choice, the New York Times, the Washington Post will flip right back mm -hmm. into activism coverage, bashing Republicans, propping up Biden, and wait for them to flip and say, look how vigorous Joe Biden is. Because that's what's happened to the press. In order to write this book, you had to watch a lot Come on, of man. media, a lot of news. <laughs> what did you find? Yeah, I have one chapter on CNN, one chapter on the New York Times. So I read, and I regularly do read but I watch CNN all the time and it's activism it is opinion journalism they're daytime shows they're daytime reporters letting their opinions rip and that came from management on down and this is the problem with the media today they are no longer neutral they're no longer objective they want to have one side win and I'm you're on Fox News which is just straight up Republican propaganda you just you publish quotes from Republican figures just as is on social media. There's no there's no reporting or anything. There's no journalism. You are straight up fucking fucking probably you modeled that. Fox News was the model for exactly what you're talking about. It blows my fucking mind. I wish these people could feel embarrassment. Please learn to feel embarrassment. <laughs> I'm talking mainstream media, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, and the American people know it. Right. Poll after poll shows that the American people think that the press no longer tells the news fully, fairly, and accurately. Sure. Here's an excerpt from your... You're on Fox! ...talking about the media, why they seem to not give them a fair shot. Because I guess it's ideology. I think it's ideology. Maybe they didn't like me personally. I guess. I do all these... I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot about, like, Trump says that he did, or, like, Trump supporters say that, like, oh, nobody gave him a fair shot. He's a doofus! We've known him like all our fucking lives. He's a fucking he was just a doofus that would 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 like venture into shit. He would show up in Home Alone or you know in the Ninja Turtles or what the fuck ever. I don't know if he was in the Ninja Turtles, but it was just like shit like that. He was in a lot of movies. I'm not a fan about public speaking. Argue what? I, Talon, your 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 comment doesn't really make any sense. What does that mean? I'm a, maybe I'm too high. Maybe your comment is perfectly cogent, and I'm just too high to understand it. That is possible. I will concede that, but I don't think it makes sense because I'm I'm pretty good, pretty good. I don't think I'm too high to understand. Maybe you're high too. Ooh. Smoke them if you got them. Things that I don't get credit for it. I noticed that very, the very early, the economy was good. I got no credit. Jobs were good. I got no credit. I started to say, what do I have to do to get some credit? He's not wrong. You know, I interviewed the president. You no, know, he like, is wrong because, like, the credit goes to like iPad that was preloaded with some of the worst. Type I say it all the fucking time. To the extent that presidents have an effect on the economy. It takes a couple of years. It takes a couple of years to see that effect. Trump was riding the Obama wave. Obama was a, a good president for all the all the indicators. And Trump rode that wave and COVID came along and wrecked everything. And now we're living with the consequences of all the policies of the Trump administration now. We'll see what Biden is able to do. Like... We're a year and a half in at this point. 
you know, so come come the beginning of next year, like now we can really start evaluating. Okay, what is what has the Obama or I mean the Obama the Biden administration and Congress done? And like to be honest with you, it's not fucking much because we've been operating on continuing resolutions from the last administration. I'm sorry, I need to take a rip. Television coverage he got, I hit play and I showed it to him. So I started with when he went to Japan, remember, and fed koi fish, and right. CNN doctored the video to make it look like Trump the boar dumped an entire <laughs> box of right. ko- uh, food into the feed the koi fish. So he'd never seen it before. And I showed it to him, and I said, what's your reaction? You did exactly what Prime Minister Abe did, and then CNN edits it and says, you don't know how to feed fish. I mean, this is the lengths that the mainstream media went to get the guy. And this is part of what inspired me. I was watching collusion coverage. I was watching the Steele dossier coverage. And I try to call the balls and strikes, be fair to President Trump, be fair to everybody. And the press was... Trump Trump did not increase the economy. I can show you the GDP growth between him and Obama. And Obama's economy was way better. I like That's just a fact, man. Like, yeah, you can't just Brutal say shit. unfair to President Trump. And this book is the reckoning that the press deserves. But I think that you found out the reason why. It's right in your open. You go to Columbia School, uh, the journalism school, and you ask them, by the way, any Republicans have any Democrats? Yeah. You did it twice. Yeah. What did you find both times? Both times I did it. First in 1998 and the second time in 2020. 24 to 0 Democrats over Republicans. And they, Not uh, one single person voted for and a Republican. And they bring that agenda to their coverage. Of course, it fills every newsroom. Check out his brand new book. It's available today. It's called Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias. Why the press gets so much wrong and just doesn't care. Ari, thank you very much Thanks, for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll see you on radio. It. See you on radio. Right. I'm Steve Ducey. I'm Brian Kilmeade. And I'm Ainsley Click here to subscribe to the... But Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that Trump was in was, was I don't know I don't know if he was in one of them. <laughs> I was just made he was in a lot of fucking movies. I don't know. Find out. Oh yeah, we're gonna hear his thoughts on Ivana dying here in a little bit. It is IMDb. Do 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 do. <laughs> He's been nominated for two primetime Emmy. He, another seven wins and four, I guess, for The Apprentice. We're going to go to his actor film. He was in Zoolander. God damn it. WrestleMania 23. Spin City. The Drew Carey Show. The Nanny. The Associate. Eddie. The Little Rascals. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, All My Children, Ghosts Can't Do It, Bobby Brown on Our Own. He was in a music video. So no, Trump was not in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> but he was in two weeks' notice. <laughs> oh, God damn. So let's talk. We, we we talked about how the Democrats don't want Biden, but uh, apparently the Republicans don't want Trump. But it doesn't matter because uh, Trump says he's already made that decision. 
We're reading from Newsmax here. Trump on 2024 run. I've already made that decision. Former President Trump told New York Magazine he had made his decision about whether to run again for the nation's highest office in 2024. Trump did not give his verdict but told the magazine the only remaining question concerning the timing of an announcement indications have been that he plans to run. Well, in my own mind, I've already made that decision, so nothing factors in anymore. Uh, in my own mind, I've already made that decision. I would say my de- big decision will be whether I go before or after the midterms. Do I go before or after? That will be my big decision. Because we're, we're reading Trump's perspective. So why wouldn't we read from Newsmax? It was the source that I got the story from. The Trump advisors told the Washington Post that the former president was eyeing a September announcement with one saying the odds were 70-30 he announces before the midterms. I think he's going to announce before the midterms and the Republicans the Republicans are uh, scared to death of that happening. Because the Trump effect is actually really bad for them. What does uh, Nancy Pelosi think about a Trump run for office? This is from the same press conference we saw earlier. Do I ever even mention his name when I even waste my time talking about him? What I will say is, and I'll say this and I've said it again and again, Democrats have absolutely no intention of losing the House in November and the Senate, too. Uh, We are mobilized. We are fortified. We have great candidates. And we have a great our country is out. Our democracy is at risk. But what we are campaigning on are the kitchen table issues that affect America's working families. So they know the difference between a Democratic and Republican administration on top of uh, uh, Congress, on top of which, on top of which our democracy is at stake. I don't speculate on who's running in 2024, even if it's the former occasional occupant of the White House. That's up to the Republicans to figure out what impact it may have on them. But we do know uh, that if people vote, women vote, women win, and so do their issues. So that's what we're that's what we're about. Oh, Nancy, I, I wish you would just leave. I wish you would just leave. I did mention Nirvana. I do have a video. Like, she died. She died. I do have a video of Trump talking about her. He, he used her for fundraising. <laughs> I find that amusing. A new poll shows that nearly half of future Republican primary voters support presidential candidates not named Donald Trump. The poll was conducted by the New York Times and Siena College, and it found that 49% of the voters surveyed would support former President Trump for a third nomination. The greatest threat to that third potential nomination appears to be Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the only contender I, in the survey. So the the cards are falling exactly right for the for Democrats to actually win in the fall. It's wild. It's wild. Can they capitalize on it? Are they going to fuck it up? 
Are they going to stumble going across the finish line? Because, like, if Trump does announce in September, that's, a, that's the time you'd announce a new product and everything. That The Trump effect going into the midterms, everybody's riled up about Roe v. Wade. I It could spell trouble for right wing. To receive d- double digit support from reporting re- from Republicans. Now joining us me now joining me now, David Drucker, senior political correspondent for the Washington Examiner. David is also the author of a very good 2021 book entitled "In Trump's Shadow: <laughs> The Battle for 2024 and the Future of the GOP." David, it's great to see you. I know it's just one poll, but it's consistent with other polling data that we've seen. Does this suggest to you? that the Republican electorate likely to be there in 2024 has developed something of a fatigue factor with the former president and is looking for alternatives? You know, Major, as I've traveled around the country and talked to Republican voters while covering the midterm elections for 2022, I have detected some soft spots for President Trump in his armor there, or at least some soft spots in between the armor plates, as I like to say. I think the question is whether or not the Republicans that are planning to run for president, whether or not Trump runs, uh, can exploit those weak points. One of the things I think we should understand is that Republican voters, whatever they think about Trump, really liked his policy agenda and are really grateful, in a sense, for all that they believe he accomplished, that they believe so many presidents before him promised to accomplish but simply did not. And so one of the reasons he's been able to... What the fuck did he accomplish? ...as a major player in the Republican Party, despite having lost the House, the Senate, and the White House on his watch, and, you know... That's because we don't don't have any semblance of a true democracy. ...with unsupported stolen election claims, is because they really believe that, from a policy standpoint, he made their lives better, and he kept promises that other politicians didn't. Having said all that... There is a desire developing for a fresh face and a fresh leader, somebody who continues the Trump legacy from a policy standpoint, even from the standpoint of fighting, fighting people like you and me in the media, fighting the Democrats, et cetera. Uh, But that okay, this guy, oh, the other guy kind of looked like Vince McMahon. It was tripping me uh, out. Offers him a little bit more finesse and a little bit less baggage. Right, and this is a two-tiered process because the poll found. Not surprisingly, I think to you or to me, that only 16 percent of Republican voters surveyed would abandon Trump if he was the 2024 nominee. And I think you have this conversation. I have it with Republicans all the time. I may be looking for an alternative, but if he's the party nominee, knowing that it's either going to be President Biden running in 2024 or someone like that, I will choose Trump and do that happily. Yeah, you know, politics these days is so tribal. It's really uh, shirts and skins games for a lot of voters. It just well, doesn't make sense to me. All sorts of problems, but no matter what, anything's better than the other guys. And there are not a lot of voters who will look at misbehavior and misdeeds and decide that you're disqualifying. Now, they're in a general election uh, way of looking things, right? If we look at Trump as a general election nominee versus either Joe Biden or whoever the Democrats nominate in 2024, those 16% or 9% or 5% or 12% could be the difference between winning and losing in a general election. Uh, but because Trump has enjoyed a real high 
floor among the Republican base. And because politics is not like it was 30, 40 years ago, because it's so much of us versus them, and I see this on the left as well as the right. I don't, I don't think he'll have the number of voters he had in saying, Well, if he's nominated, he loses. He very well could win. And I think it's important for us to understand from both the standpoint he wasn't convicted. Of, you wouldn't Trump be able to run for president if you, could, party, if you were convicted. Could Trump do it again in the Republican wasn't convicted party. in the Senate. It depends on how you look at polling. What are the conditions at the time? Who are the twice impeached presented to voters? How does a campaign unfold? You know, I, I've said this uh, quite a bit in discussing in Trump's shadow. Oh, he was he was There's impeached a twice. Republicans that will run against Trump for the twenty four nomination. But like it, like it's it's a whole ordeal. He wasn't convicted by the Senate. Make the case. So therefore, like it, like the punishment doesn't get dealt out. Voters, voters are not simply going to decide on their own. And eh, up with Trump, I think we'll go with the other guy. I think a Republican is going to have to take it from him. And it remains to be seen whether any of them are going to be willing to go at him the way he goes at them. So that tees up our next question, David. The poll indicates, as others have, that for the moment, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is preparing his own reelection campaign and greeting and having conversations with lots of other Republican governors and sort of trying to build a larger political apparatus around him, may be the person who could take on former President Trump if he so decides. Size that up for our audience, if you'd be so kind. Well, I, I think when you look at Governor Ron DeSantis, you have to look at somebody who has been oh, really seen the levers of power available to him to affect conservative policy. And so he could make a case in running against Trump that while Trump did a lot of good, there was a lot more good he could have done if he wasn't so caught up in talking about what he thinks and was more focused on doing what he thinks. And and Governor DeSantis can contrast his pandemic policy during the coronavirus crisis with that of President Trump's, and it would probably, in, in the minds of many Republican primary voters, compare favorably. And he could com- compare other aspects of his record how he's handled public education in Florida. It's not even it's not even a given that he's going to win the governorship in Florida. Issues like going after the large technology companies with social media platforms. Some of the in some of these cases, what DeSantis has accomplished. It's going to be interesting to see if he actually runs in the primary. He is acting like he's going to. When Youngkin's coming on strong, their leaders. And what he could say is that he's been able to work within the system rather than constantly beating the system up such that voters in Florida feel really good about their government and really good about their leadership. And I think that there- his policy was indeed to let it rip in Florida. And like, because Florida is a warmer state because it has like more outdoor infrastructure, like it did better in terms of death. There's still a lot of fucking people died in Florida and Florida did undercount their numbers. That has been proven. Let's get Donald's reaction to his first wife dying. <laughs> uh, he asked, a uh, talent asked why I would uh, talk about Ivana. I just, I do a news show. I'm running down the news of the day. This is, this is something that is in the news. So we got to touch on it. Trump announces his former wife, Ivana, has died. He sent out a fundraising email about his wife dying, which is just just wild, craven, just like Trump. 
Former President Donald Trump says that his ex-wife and the mother of his three oldest children, Ivana, has died. That was posted on uh, Truth Social just a short time ago. He said, quote, I'm very saddened to inform all of those that loved her, of which there are many, <laughs> that Ivana Trump has passed away at her home in New York City. She was a wonderful, beautiful, and amazing woman who led a great I just figured I would mention it in the, in the Trump Donald Jr., Ivanka rundown. She was so proud of them, and they were all so proud of her. Rest in peace, Ivana, writes the former president, Donald Trump. Uh, Ivana Trump was born in Czechoslovakia. She was a model. She was a, a competitive skier in her home country and an Austrian. A competitive skier. That's cool. A ski instructor uh, and continued to model. Then she moved to New York, and she met Donald Trump in 1977. Uh, he was her Appar- second husband. Can I, can I say that apparently him. we're going to get Geraldo Rivera on the phone? Leave two other husbands after that. Here are some images of them. Uh, Geraldo Rivera joins me now, co-host of The Five. Geraldo, uh, you are a uh, legendary man about town in New York, as Donald Trump uh, was and uh, at that time as well. Um, your thoughts on, on the passing of this woman who, you know, the country grew to know quite a bit about over the course of her lifetime. Wait, wait, wait. news, a tragic So it wasn't it wasn't Donald that was with the Ninja Turtles. No, 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 no. It was it was Ivana. Put Fred Flintstone's face on a mug and then sell it, or market a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle T-shirt. You need a license. And at the New York Hilton right now is the 1990 licensing show. We sent Chauncey Howe there today, and he ran into of all people. Ivana Trump. Definitely. On Spider-Man here. Spider-Man, Snoopy, they're all here. Garfield. Garfield's really doing a number, isn't he? Garfield. Ivana. Ivana Trump's at the licensing show, too, with, with Fred Flintstone. The- yes, not only is Geraldo still alive, but he'll give you the best takes you're going to get on Fox News. Hands down. He'll get he'll get rowdy with other because, like, you know, they're just saying, like, fucking stupid shit. Geraldo will call them out on just blatantly stupid shit. And he has he has some amazing facial hair. Geraldo overall is probably pretty cool. <laughs> just just say. At least he's he's cool for like fucking boomer uh uh conservative shit. Uh, Fred, amazing. Thought about putting the Snoopy on a line of pen wipers, but I noticed Snoopy's starting to shed. Fortunately, Dennis the Menace doesn't shed. Ivana found out to her relief. Somebody doesn't speak to Fred. <laughs> <laughs> it's silly, isn't it? But this is what License 90, the show, is all about. 140 exhibitors at the New York Hilton who want to put their... Why, why are they kicking each other? Like MGM's Pink Panther. Good example. You got sweatshirts. Sweatshirts. Glasses. Glasses. Hat. Hat. Cup, cup, stuffed pink panthers. Oh my god, tons of pink panthers. The licensing business is accounts for more than sixty billion dollars a year in retail sales. Yada yada doo. Fred Flintstone could be worth millions of dollars. <laughs> oh shit! They would not otherwise have. Well, Astro, Astro is the future dog. Everyone loves pets, and everyone loves the future. Put them together, and profits are astro. Love dumb. Cowabunga, dudes. The Simpsons, hot stuff, but the really the hot stuff here is the Ninja Turtles. A lot of action at that booth. Radical dudes. Guys, I want 
I want a a adult single player story driven action RPG Ninja Turtles game. I want that. I want to just I want to shoot it in my fucking veins, you know. Like, you know, like a Batman game or, uh, you know, like fucking Spider-Man game. I want a Ninja Turtles game. You will, you will capitalize on the, the, the fucking like late thirties demographic. We will so be into that. I will play the hell out of a fucking awesome single player story driven action RPG Ninja Turtles game. Yeah, something like that, Silverhawk. I don't know. I don't know about Elden Ring. The combat's a little too hard. The 80s and 90s TMT, TMNT games were indeed good. I've, I've played them in like, are you talking about the, the like the beat em ups? Are you talking about like the NES game where you had to ride around in the uh, uh, the turtle van? Sure. The like, well, the beat 'em ups was the one like we were like uh, it's like a two player Turtles in Time, Turtles in Time, Radical Dude, like Super Nintendo, Ninja Turtle Ice Bars, Ninja Turtle Orange Drink, Ninja Turtle Fruit Snack. Ninja Turtle cookies! We got cereal too! Got it this better than these cookies! Finally back with Ivana, she told me that she met Spider-Man. This is from 1990. She said, bug off. I think she had the eyes for me though. Then she told me how she hopes to license the plaza, you know, more mugs, golf caps, stuff. The sheets, comforters, wallpapers, uh, uh, china. How about all the silverware people have stolen from you over the years? <laughs> Hope to get that back. Will get that back? back? You... Come, come oh, she looks great today. Do I have to return the two towels I stole in 1957? <laughs> Her hair is so tall. Remember, we're coming out of the 80s a radical here. Dude. You, you are a radical tower. dude. Thank you. That's the Ninja Turtle <laughs> take, talk, you know. Take the tower and just... No, the cookies are better now. They got pawed in them. It's great. No, I think the whole program dude. is going to be fantastic. <laughs> Can you say radical dude? That's Ninja Turtle talk. Radical... No, I can't. Radical dude. Radical dude. <laughs> radical dude. You notice how Chauncey came back with that glow on his face today? Yes, he today. did. Ivana will do that to That's you. That's right. Ivana Trump's Plaza Hotel licensing agent, by the so that is, that is Ivana Trump. She passed the fuck away today. <laughs> do you guys want to, do you guys want to continue listening to Trump talk about her? Or do you want to move the fuck on? We, we got juicy, juicy shit coming up. I'm ready to move on, but if you guys, if you guys want to hear Trump actually talk about her, no Silverhawk says, I like it. I'm trying, I'm trying to get everything set up to where there, all those alerts will appear on the screen, but you have to go further than stream. You have to get a widget inside of stream elements to be able to do like, uh, where you redeem the show a cat and the, uh, also like I haven't even shown you guys this. Like there's a thing that you can redeem to make me not cuss for 10 minutes. And I even made the clock. Boom. No profanity for 10 minutes. 
I just don't have a way of showing the the alert up on screen. Because fucking Stream Elements is a bitch. It does not want to cooperate with me. And I am upset about it. I think it's fun. Okay, so YouTube, YouTube penalizes me for cussing as much as it does. So, like, I want to, like, kind of encourage you guys. Oh, you did redeem it? So, I kind of want to encourage you guys to redeem that so that I don't cuss. And then, uh, uh... I don't have to like bleep things out on YouTube and I can make more than 14 cents. I can make like 27 cents. 27 cents is a lot better than 14 cents. You like it? Like the clock will change colors too. I really like the clock. So nobody, nobody, nobody wants to watch Donald Trump anymore. We're moving on. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, let's let's go. We get to the juicy details here. This is what uh, kind of makes me believe that that's a very good question. What is my punishment if I fail? Did I get that far? I'm just unable to beat the clock. It's a very good idea. That's a very that's a very good question, Silverhawk. I just got to reset the clock and try it again. That's not a bad idea. I have to keep doing it until I, I get it done. I have to keep doing it until I get ten uninterrupted minutes. Now remember, lady, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary people in the audience. I did professional broadcasting for years. I was on the radio. I know I know I know how to how to turn it off. I just have to be thinking about it and like I've also gotten very comfortable streaming and 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 not censoring myself. I can't stop the stream until I'm done. Ah, uh, you guys, you guys are acting like it's going to be so hard for me. But once again, I was on the radio for years. So this, I, I think I can nail this. And even in, even in college, I had a little more leeway in college. I could say a host of, of words on my college radio station, but I could only say, uh, I can only say certain words after like 10 (laughs) o'clock. I can only say certain words after 10 o'clock. And there were like two words that they wouldn't let let me say all together. But then one night we broadcasted like, like they were doing some kind of fundraiser in the gym and we broadcast all night. And like, by the time we got to two or three o'clock in the morning, I'm just, I'm just dropping F bombs and, GD and everything all all the way around. See, I'm not a drinker. I'm not a drinker. I can't. I can't take shots. I can't like that's that's like a, the show won't get finished. I've still got like three and a half pages of notes to go through, and we we've been here three hours and eleven minutes.
Well, I can't say it right now. You're not going to trick me, Silverhawk. I can't say the words right now. God. God. Because there's no profanity for another six minutes. Fail. Did I fuck up? Oh, shit. God damn it. Fuck you. Motherfucker. What the hell happened? What the hell? God damn it. <sighs> Fucking fuck. Fucking fuck. 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 See, guys, this is good shit. Fuck. Well, what's up, Mergen? I need a cussing collar. You failed at making me say a cuss word, and then I, I like, I did it all by myself. That's the that's the issue. I'll just do it all by myself. Maybe if I read the news, I won't pay attention to the clock. Secret Service deleted January 6th text messages after oversight officials requested them. A letter given to the January 6th committee says the erasure took place shortly after oversight officials requested the agency's electronic communications. Uh, Erased text messages from January 5th let me see if I can fix this for you guys. There you go. Erase text messages from January 5th and January 6th, 2021, according to a letter. The Secret Service erased text messages from January 5th and January 6th, 2021, according to a letter given to the January 6th committee. Did I just cuss? Did I just cuss? Do I have to restart the clock? <laughs> I don't think I did. Don't eat the fruit. I think this is, this is uh, mass-produced moonshine. Okay, cool. Hey, sassy. The Secret Service has emerged as a key player in the explosive congressional hearings on former President Donald Trump's role in the storming of the Capitol on January 6, 2021, in an attempt to prevent the 2020 election results from being certified. That day, when Vice President Mike Pence was at the Capitol to certify the results, when rioters entered the building, the Secret Service tried to whisk Pence away from the scene. I'm not getting in the car, Pence reportedly told the Secret Service detail on January 6th. If I get in that vehicle, you guys are taking off. Had Pence entered the vice presidential limo, he would have had he would have been taken to a secure location where he would have been unable to certify the presidential election results, plunging the U.S. into uncharted waters. People need to understand that if Pence had listened to the Secret Service and fled the Capitol, this could have turned out a whole lot worse. A congressional official did not uh, not authorized to speak publicly told the Intercept it could have been a successful coup, not just an attempted one. Jamie Raskin, a member of the January 6th committee, called Pence's terse refusal, I'm not getting in the car, the six most chilling words in the entire thing I've seen so far. But the, the Office of Inspector General later suggests 
key evidence in the form of the Secret Service electronic communications may never see the light of day. The Department of Homeland Security, the Secret Service's parent agency, is subject to oversight from the DHS Office of Inspector General, which had requested records of electronic communications from the Secret Service between January 5th and January 6th, 2021, before being informed that they had been erased. It is unclear from the letter whether all of the messages were deleted or just some. Department officials have also pushed back on the oversight office's uh, records request by arguing that the records must f- first undergo review by DHS attorneys, which has delayed the process and left unclear if the Secret Service records would ever be produced according to the letter. The Secret Service erased text messages. Guys, it's getting worse, by the way. It's getting worse. In Idaho, they are poised to reject. They are poised to reject the 2020 election results. Idaho Republicans want to reject... I thought about saying that, Curiouser. I almost said it. And I'm like, no, that's too cheesy. That's too childish. Don't say it. Come on, man. Idaho Republicans are poised to reject the 2020 election results. The Idaho Republican Party will consider 31 resolutions at its three-day convention starting on Thursday, including one already adopted by Texas Republicans that President Joe Biden isn't the legitimate leader of the country. The Idaho resolution in the deeply conservative state that Donald Trump won with 64% of the vote in 2020 is nearly identical to the Texas resolution that was passed last month, stating we reject the certified results of the 2020 presidential election, and we hold that acting President Joseph Robinette Biden was not legitimately elected by the people of the United States. Come on, man! Both the Idaho and Texas resolutions contend that the Secretaries of State uh, circumvented the state legislatures, even though both states have Republican Secretaries of State. (laughs) My God, right-wingers are morons. And that's not a profanity. Jim Jones, not the Kool-Aid one, a former chief justice of the Idaho Supreme Court, as well as a former Republican state attorney general, called the resolution rejecting the 2020 presidential election results asinine. That is not profanity. Noting multiple courts, including the U.S. Supreme Court, rejected attempts to overturn the election. And see, I'm going to need some sort of uh, uh, audible alert so that people listening to the podcast can know that the no profanity clock has turned on. There's going to have to be some alert. We're going to have to work that out. Uh, 
Also, I hate stream elements. But the fucking Trumpism is just spreading all over the country. But now this one. Now let's let's go with this story first. Steve Bannon is asking for Steve another Bannon delay. Again, asking a judge to delay. Oh, we get some shep- contempt of court. Oh, Shepard Smith and them eyes swoon me, baby. What's going on, Shep? You live in sexual anarchy. Congress trial. It's set to start this coming Monday. Bannon is yet again claiming his January 6th committee's public hearings might taint the jury pool. He argues yesterday's hearing in particular made the situation worse. During that hearing, the committee revealed Steve Bannon spoke to President Trump on January the 5th, the eve of the insurrection. The committee played a clip of what Bannon said on his podcast. Oh, I'm totally with you, Sassy, but like, Bannon killed my boner. Right after that chat. All hell is going to break loose tomorrow. It's all converging, and now we're on, as they say, the point of attack, right? The point of attack tomorrow. I'll tell you this. It's not going to happen like you think it's going to happen, okay? It's going to be quite extraordinarily different. And all I can say is... Extraordinarily dumb. And that was right after he spoke to President Trump the day before the insurrection. Now, CNN is planning to air a documentary about Bannon on Sunday, the day before the trial is set to begin. Bannon claims that might prejudice potential jurors. We're still waiting for the judge's ruling. On Monday, absolutely gross. rejected Bannon's request to postpone his trial. The reason Bannon is in the legal mess in the first place is because he refused to testify and comply with the January 6th committee subpoena. The committee's chairman, Benny Thompson of Mississippi, says they haven't had any contact with Bannon after he suddenly announced on Monday that he was now willing to testify. Chairman Thompson says... Bannon also still has not turned over evidence and documents that the committee requested in its subpoena. So Bannon's trial will continue. I don't think we're going to get Bannon testimony. People would hope for that in the January 6th committee hearings. Sad that we're not watching a January 6th committee hearing, but like once again, we had a lot of, we had a lot of news to cover tonight. And this one, this one is not uh, usually the, uh, Trump supporters or the instigators. This time, I don't think the Trump supporter was an instigator. Video shows a man targeting a St. Charles candidate for a pro-Trump mailer. But let's uh, let's get the whole story here. I think we got a video because <laughs> this this just seems this seems like a wild story to me. Let's find out what happened. Of a candidate for state rep in St. Charles. A surveillance camera rage Go comes. Back. All the way back. Ah, shit. To the front porch of a candidate for state rep in St. Charles. A surveillance camera captures the frightening tirade. And Fox Files investigator Andy Banker is here now with the exclusive video. Andy, this is scary. Yeah. Well, you know, much has been made recently of threats against Uh Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. In this video, political rage shows up at a candidate's door in St. Charles. Doorbell video shows a 56-year-old man from St. Charles walking up to the front door of Republican candidate for state representative Buddy Harden in a rage shortly before 5.30 Saturday night. Hi, is Buddy here? No, not right now. Is that your husband? Buddy Buddy Harden wasn't home. The man was holding one of 7,000 campaign mailers 
Hardin had just sent out to voters in the district. The mailer notes that Hardin is a pro-life, pro-police, pro-Trump conservative. So he is a piece of shit, is what he is. Oh, I never turned the... There we go. I did make the 10 minutes that time. You guys saw it. You all saw it. I went 10 minutes without profanity. Police say the man had defaced the flyer with profanity. He then started screaming vulgarities, saying he hopes Harden gets shot. The time had already expired. Thank you very much. Shit, damn folks. He is a treasonist. Dude's got a dude's got a fucking point. Harden's wife told police the man even said he hoped that she and her grandchildren got shot too. He was arrested and issued a summons for peace disturbance. I mean, that's not cool, but I didn't hear that part. Not even policies about Trump. And that was enough to make him think that he should walk out of his house, get in his car, drive three miles. I mean, my wife was in fear at, at that point, you know. And, Did he say and my life was, was in fear? Too. In a lot of my ways, wife was in fear. Webster University. I can't, like, it's, it's, I can't go back. This, this, this thing's fucked Voters up. Voters follow the lead of their politicians. The turmoil of the past few years may have added to a snowball effect. Everything that went on with the elections, the pandemic, and the uncertainty with it, some of the social wife, okay. issues, maybe that has really pushed people over the edge in ways that we don't recognize and understand. How do we improve this discourse? and? That's one of the reasons why I'm I'm running. We're not going to solve the problems that this state. But also, has. like we know, right wingers like communicate. He says his wife is still that, afraid. That could be, that could be his buddy that he paid to do that. And shit. We, we could find out later. He says it's up to us to hold politicians and each other to higher standards. For the Fox Files, I'm Andy Banker. But I mean, as of right now, I'll take it on face value. But my life was in fear. I know it was wife. I think it was wife. I I wondered myself, but I think it was wife. So abortion clinics are getting a lot of calls. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna go ahead and hit the content warning. We're gonna hit some subject matter that may be very sensitive. We're gonna talk about the next several stories deal with rape. The abortion issue, uh, but there is some satisfying right-wing owns in this. I know I hate to say that while talking about some very serious subject matter. We've got we've got a a wild exchange on the House floor with a pro-life activist. I just I just want to make everybody aware. In case uh, anybody was squeamish. Ruby, thank you. Whether traveling hundreds or thousands of miles away, Americans seeking an abortion this... out of state could be paying a pretty penny, along with expenses like flights, could gas, cause PTSD. hotels. Costs can add up quickly, and some people are looking at thousands of dollars to be serviced. Wake Up Charlotte's Tradisha Wooder joins us live now this morning. Tradisha, uh, you spoke with Planned Parenthood. What did they have to say? Well, Sarah, right now they say they invested in patient navigation services months ahead, all in hopes of connecting people with the right providers for as less money as possible.
We are seeing an increase of patients coming from out of state. Millions of people have lost access to abortions in their own state. And Planned Parenthood says they're already getting an influx of calls with people booking appointments from miles away. About one third of our patients that we saw in North Carolina were folks who came in from from out of state. You know, these communities um, are, are made up of folks who face the greatest barriers to accessing health care as it is. They say 75% of people seeking abortions are from low-income areas, which makes the cost of traveling out of state for services an even bigger financial barrier for people living check to check. Data shows it really is a war on poor people. people. Get abortions are already parent. So when you factor in things like childcare, flights, hotels, food, along with the cost of an abortion, the numbers add up quickly. The travel costs, the figuring out where the closest provider is to them, getting to their appointment. We have invested in patient navigation services. Planned Parenthood really wants folks to understand right now: is there is help available? Uh, to help cover some of these increased expenses. Now, Planned Parenthood says, along with contributing to uh, costs, they're also working to expand their hours. They're ramping up on staffing. Now, they say this is a group effort. So they're also working with other healthcare system providers as well as abortion providers to meet the need for as many people as they possibly can. Reporting live near Uptown, Tradisha Woodard, Wake Up Charlotte. Now, in a disgusting move, Republicans blocked a Senate bill uh, that would guarantee the freedom to travel across state lines for an abortion. Motion fueled the debate on the Senate floor on Thursday as Republicans objected to taking up a Democratic bill that would guarantee a woman's constitutional right to travel across state lines to receive abortion care. The Democratic bill called the freedom... Oh, here, let me see if I can fix this up for you guys. Boom. The Democratic bill called the Freedom to Travel for Healthcare Act of 2022 was introduced earlier this week by Senators Patty Murray of Washington, Catherine Cortez Masto of Nevada, Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island, and Kristen Gillibrand of New York. The bill would additionally protect providers in states that support abortion rights from lawsuits for helping women from other states. Now, they said, the Republicans even said, like, this was about a state's rights issue. And, oh, if you if you want uh, to uh, have access to abortion, you can move to another state. You can go to another state. But here they are blocking that. Murray, who chairs the Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, Pensions, said GOP lawmakers across the nation have already set their sights on ripping away the right to travel. Let's be really clear what this means. They want to hold women captive in their own states. They want to punish women and anyone who might help them for exercising their constitutional right to travel within our country to get the services that they need in another state. I hope everyone really observes how extreme and how radical and how un-American that is. Women and people who have the capacity for birth. Apparently that really triggers right-wingers, as you're going to see here in just a little bit. Oh, wait a minute. That was last night's clip. I'm sorry. Texas. Texas. 
suing the federal government for requiring abortion in medical emergencies. If you remember, uh, the Biden administration in a very milk toast move, the, 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 the smallest token that they could provide said that the right to an abortion is guaranteed in the case of medical emergencies. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who has been under indictment for five years, sued the Biden administration over federal rules that require abortions to be provided in medical emergencies to save the life of the mother, even the states with near-total bans. The Biden administration seeks to transform every emergency room in the country into a walk-in abortion clinic, Paxton said in a statement announcing the lawsuit on Thursday. My God, these people are evil. The suit follows new guidance from the Department of Health and Human Services that asserted federal law requiring emergency medical treatment supersedes any state restrictions on abortion in cases where the pregnant patient's life or health is at risk. Pure fucking evil. Almost as evil about Fox News lying about an exception for rape and incest in Ohio. Today, Fox News is saying that the 10-year-old rape victim didn't need to leave Ohio for an abortion because she would have received an exception. Except Ohio has no rape and incest exception, so it would all be up to who decides if it is life-threatening. You remember this is a ongoing saga. Content warning again. We had a report of a 10-year-old having to travel to Indiana to receive an abortion after being raped. Many right-wing outlets, especially the Rupert Murdoch-owned ones, questioned the validity of the story. And, and said it only had one source. We doubt it actually happened. Then the next fucking day, the rapist was charged. Now they're having to pivot. ...been living in that state for seven years. Police say he confessed to attacking her many times. This case first came to light when a local Indianapolis reporter overheard a doctor talking about a child who had who had to cross state lines into Indiana to get an abortion because of Ohio's new law. That doctor is now under investigation in Indiana, where she could face charges over not reporting the rape. In the Ohio, doctor! The, the doctor under investigation for not reporting the rape. This statement. My heart aches for the pain suffered by this young child. I am grateful for the diligent work of the Columbus Police Department in securing a confession and getting a rapist off the street. Justice must be served, and BCI stands ready to support law enforcement across Ohio putting these criminals behind bars. Kaylee. Yeah, um, this is a heartbreaking story. Um, I can't imagine the pain of this little girl. Um, Kaylee you know, Mom to a girl myself, it's, it's the worst thing you could ever think about happening to your daughter happening to a woman. So so my heart is with her um, because she is going through something that I can't imagine. Um, 
That aside, what I do want to say is the attorney general, he did come out um, and, and say that this young girl breaks my heart to think about. She did not have to leave Ohio to find treatment. So I think it's important for those in Ohio to know that going forward, there's an emergency yeah. exception to their law. And this is why we do have states who can decide. There's not way, an emergency uh, exception to their law. Another way. I also think there are grave questions for this doctor. You mentioned one of those grave questions for the doctor, why did you report this to a newspaper and not authorities? I hope she did report to authorities. And I when it that she did. She when did. I'm trying to find that story um, now. So HIPAA concerns. I, that is sacrosanct in the mm. medical community when you treat a patient. And did she have the authorization of this girl to go to the Indiana Star? I think that's a very important question. Yeah, those are great questions. And I would imagine that's why they're investigating, because they, they want an outside look now yes. into exactly what happened. Um, Emily, when we talk about the law in this instance, I'm curious too, Kaylee, just to further that, what obligation does the doctor have legally? I mean, you know, in most the states, they report that. Now, and that's what the Attorney General of Ohio was saying earlier, he said, well, I don't have that rape kit. I don't have these things to communicate. That there is no evidence that the doctor violated state laws. They're attacking the doctor. Many right-wing outlets have been showing pictures of the doctor. is in custody in Ohio. Dr. Caitlin Bernard, there's her name. They put her name out there. This woman has no business having her name out there. investigates just got the letter that Rokita sent to the governor about this investigation. Welcome back, Ray. Mm -hmm. It's right here. And this entire investigation is about if, again, if the doctor involved in this case reported to Indiana officials that she was dealing with a suspected child abuse case. The AG. This is going to cause a chilling effect with doctors. That she's required to. This is a child, and there's a strong public interest in There is Fox. There is Fox News showing her face. Doc failed to report abortion of abuse victim. There is no evidence that she failed to report the abuse of a victim. And Fox News is showing her fucking picture. These people are evil. They are evil. An understanding, you know, if someone under the age of 16 or under the age of 18, or really any woman is, be, is having an abortion in our state, and then if a child's being sexually abused, of course. Last night on Fox News, the attorney general insinuated that the doctor who helped provide an abortion to a 10-year-old rape victim from Ohio violated our state's mandatory reporting law. This letter to Governor Holcomb shows the AG wanted him to direct the Department of Health and the Department All of All political grandstanding. ...documents about the case. The letter says his office first requested the termination of pregnancy report for the 10-year-old on Monday, July 11th. On Tuesday, his office asked the Department of Child Services if it had a record of a reported case of suspected child abuse. His office did not have the records on Wednesday when he sent this letter to the governor and discussed the case on Fox News. He has no evidence to support these allegations. So all statements that he's made to this point criticizing her actions are completely unfounded. Do you think this will have a chilling effect on... Other defamatory yes it will have a chilling effect I think that's the intent i think i think it's an intimidation tactic and today i also reached out to the attorney general's office and requested an interview so we could talk to him about his comments on fox news as well as what evidence he had that led him to start this investigation our request was denied but the office did send this letter
All right, Sierra reporting live from us downtown at the State House. So there you go. There's no evidence that the Dodger did anything wrong. Fox spinning this and saying that, like, there's a, an exception for rape and incest, except there's not. These people are just blatant fucking liars. Republicans blocked the bill to uh, codify being able to travel across state lines be able to get an abortion. And this one, this one, this, 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 this is, this, I, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have to, this is the most fucked up thing that you're going to hear tonight. National Right to Life official says the 10-year-old should have had the baby. The 10-year-old Ohio girl who crossed state lines to receive an abortion in Indiana should have carried her pregnancy to term and would be required to do so under a model law written for state legislatures considering more restrictive abortion measures according to the General Counsel for the National Right to Life. Jim Bopp. An Indiana lawyer who authored the model legislation in advance of the Supreme Court's decision overturning Roe v. Wade told Politico on Thursday that his law only provides exceptions when the pregnant person's life is in danger. He would have had the baby and as many women who have had babies as a result of rape, we would hope that she would understand the reason and ultimately the benefit of having the child. Bob said this in a phone interview on Thursday. The story of the 10-year-old rape victim forced to leave her home state to terminate a pregnancy has sparked a national conversation over the consequences of the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, how far some states are willing to go to prohibit abortions. These dudes are out here giving dudes a bad name. There's too many dudes out here giving dudes a bad name. Because fuck, dudes do have a bad name and we we fucking earned it. The Columbus Dispatch reported on Wednesday that a 27-year-old man was charged with rape in connection with the case. While Bob's model legislation, which was released in advance of the Supreme Court's ruling late last month, encourages states to ban all abortion unless necessary to save the life of the pregnant person, it notes it may be necessary in certain states to have additional uh, exceptions such as for women pregnant as a result of rape or incest. Unless her life was in danger or was at danger, there is no exception for rape, Bop said. The bill does not uh, does propose exceptions for rape and incest in my model because that is a pro-life position, but it's not our ideal position. Watch this propagandist pro-life propagandist oh shit this is the wrong oh shit yeah let's talk about this first the central question right-wing propagandists won't answer about a 10 year old rape survivor should a let me let me hold on should a raped 10 year old girl yeah you guys can see it I'm sorry that you're too high for this Mergen a raped 10 year old girl be able to act I've got fun shit coming up but we gotta talk about all this shit Should a raped 10 year old girl be able to access a legal abortion that is the central question right wing media have desperately avoided grappling with in the days since a viral story about one such child broke 
On July 1st, the Indianapolis Star reported the Indiana abortion provider had seen a dramatic increase in the number of patients coming to their clinics from neighboring states with more restrictive policies since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. The article opened with an anecdote about a 10-year-old girl who was six weeks and three days pregnant and had been referred from a child abuse doctor in Ohio where abortions became illegal after six weeks in almost all cases following Roe's reversal. The horrific story went viral and was ultimately highlighted by President Joe Biden a week later. Cases like these seem unimaginable, but they are actually an inevitable result of the right wing's ideology. And goddamn, they are far more they are far more prevalent than fucking I would I would I, I wish they shouldn't they shouldn't exist, but these stories are far more fucking prevalent. In this case, the fact that it was a uh, someone who was here illegally, I do, it was still probably a family member. Usually, it is a family member. It is someone close to the child. It's a, it's a priest. It's a clergyman. It's a, it's it's somebody like that. But it was like they've really latched on to the fact that he was here illegally because they, you know, they've got egg on their face from saying that the story wasn't real. Conservatives don't want to publicly examine what a raped 10 year old's options should be if she's impregnated. Americans generally favor abortion rights and all the more so in such cases. A recent Pew Research poll found that 69% noise. Americans say abortion should be legal if the pregnancy is the result of rape, a number that would presumably be higher in cases involving a 10-year-old. If conservatives say that a raped child should be forced to bear a child of her own, they will sound like monsters to a wide swath of the country. But if they say she should be able to get an abortion if she chooses, they open themselves up to more questions. At what age should a rape survivor be stripped of that choice? What about an 11-year-old rape survivor, a 14-year-old, a 17-year-old, a 21-year-old? The end of Roe has opened up a Pandora's box of such quandaries for the right and its propagandists would prefer not to face them. Instead, right-wing media outlets focused on trying to debunk the girl's existence as her plight gained increasing attention. They suggested Bernard had fabricated the story, criticized the star's reporters for running with it, or running it without additional corroborating evidence, and went after other media outlets and Democrats like Biden for talking about it. PJ media writer Megan Fox, I guess not that Megan Fox, launched the right wing's uh, backlash with a July 5th viral tweet storm, which claimed that the timing of this horrific story is too on the nose and described it as a possible hypothetical or made up scenario. No, ma'am, it's not too on the nose. It is something that was just bound to fucking happen. And it happened so fucking frequently that it was bound to happen this fast. That's what we've been trying to tell you, stupid fucking people. On Fox News, Jesse Waters devoted multiple segments to the case on Monday, suggesting that the story may be a hoax, that it fit a pretty dangerous pattern of politically timed disinformation. The story was not a hoax. And now, now, here is... Uh, the, the best video you're going to see all day. Here's a pro-life activist getting put on the spot. 
Mr. Back, Mrs. Swalwell. Thank you. Ms. Foster, do you think a 10-year-old would choose to carry? Um, uh, and, and they had this is this is Catherine Glenn Foster. She is a very prominent pro-lifer. Ten-year-old case. First of all, the Ohio. You know, my, my question is: Would a ten-year-old choose to carry a baby? In the Ohio case, the, uh, the Ohio you, Attorney would a, would a General said that choose, abortion no, no, would have been justified. Focus on the question, please. Would a ten-year-old choose to carry a baby? Um, I, I I cannot. Do you think a ten-year-old should choose to carry a baby? I believe it would probably impact her her life, and so therefore it would fall under any exception. Oh no, shit! Wait, wait! It would not be not be an abortion. abortion. Ten year old with her parents made the decision not to have a baby that was the result of a rape. If a ten year old became pregnant as a result of rape and it was uh, threatening her life, then that's not an abortion. So it would not fall under any abortion restriction. In our nation. Ms. Warbelow, um, are you familiar with disinformation? Uh, yes, I am. Did you just hear some disinformation? Uh, yes, I heard some very significant disinformation. Why don't you tell me about uh, that? Yes, an, an abortion is a procedure. It's a medical procedure um, that individuals undergo for a wide range of circumstances, um, including uh, because they have been sexually assaulted, uh, raped in the case of the 10-year-old, um, it doesn't matter whether or not um, there is a statutory exemption. It is still a medical procedure that is understood to be an abortion. Uh, beyond that, I think it's also important to note that there is no exception um, for the life or the health of the mother in the Ohio law. That's why that 10-year-old had to cross state lines in order to receive an abortion. Mr. Chairman, and thank you, Mr. Warbler. She got called the fuck out. Yesterday, uh, Jim Jordan sent out a tweet that I'd like to put into the record with unanimous consent, um, and I'll read it in a moment. You read it, then I'll give you that. It's a Washington Examiner posting that Ohio AG Dave Yost said his office has not found any evidence of a 10-year-old rape victim in the state who, according to a report cited by President Joe Biden, was six weeks pregnant and traveled to Indiana to receive an abortion, Mr. Jordan's statement was, another lie, anyone surprised? That objection. I'd also like to put into the record from today's Wall Street Journal, from the editorial board, correcting the record on a rape case. And it's the journal correcting its own uh, misstatement the day before. That objection. So yesterday, Ms. Warbelow, speaking of disinformation, Jim Jordan called a 10-year-old rape victim a liar. A 10-year-old rape victim was called a liar by the ranking member of this committee. And I know that he did that because he hates the president. It's clear every day from his statements and the statements from MAGA Republicans. They don't like Joe Biden, so they're going to call him a liar. That's fine. But what is worse is the reason that he did it is because he doesn't like what that rape victim represents, which is that this law from the Supreme Court, Dobbs, and the laws that will follow in states like Ohio and Texas and Georgia and other states will bring us government-mandated pregnancies for 10-year-olds, fourth graders, little girls. And to deflect from that, they choose to bully and beat up transgender individuals who represent fewer than 1% of Americans. And they try and deflect that because they don't want anyone in America to realize that they don't just want to wage a war on women. They're now expanding it to a war on little girls. 
So, Miss Warbelow, any marginalized group started here. Any group, any group. Ask my Republican colleagues, do you support abortion in the first trimester? Do you support abortion in the case of rape or incest? Do you support abortion if it risks the life of the mother? Do you support abortion in the case of fetal abnormalities? Do you believe all abortion is murder? And if so, do you believe miscarriage is manslaughter? Do you believe women should face penalties for seeking an abortion? Do you think doctors should be put in jail for providing them? Do you support a woman's right to make her own health care decisions? And the reason we will never hear a response to these simple questions is that they know the answers they give, Americans will find extreme and disturbing. They know that forcing women to have children without their consent is not a position that the American people find palatable. They know that forcing women to carry a dead fetus to term will not win them the support that they desire. Because what this decision takes from us women is our freedom, the freedom to choose our own destinies, the freedom to pursue the happiness that we and not destiny the omni There are legislators across America who is weird and rapey nine months that they are mere subjects of the state that their bodies belong to the whims of an almighty government, that the liberty our creator endowed with us is no longer a self-evident truth, that the autonomy and independence God has given us has been stripped away by mere men. There is no freedom for a woman unless she has freedom over her own body. The time of the gentlelady has expired, Mr. Bishop. She is a badass. That is Representative Lucy McBath from Georgia's 6th Congressional District. You go, girl. You get it. That was earlier today at a House congressional hearing. Republican Attorneys General to host a private retreat for corporate donors at Swanky Palm uh, Beach Resort. The Republican Attorneys General Association is hosting a private retreat for its corporate donors at a luxury resort in Florida this weekend on the heels of the GOP's long-sought win in getting Roe v. Wade overturned by the Supreme Court. Nearly 20 corporations and trade groups are said to have RSVP'd to attend the three-day retreat, including lobbyists and executives from CNBC's corporate parent, Comcast, Match Group, General Motors, Johnson & Johnson, Anheuser-Busch, Juul Labs, Coke Industries, Lowe's, and Walmart. That's according to a list of expected attendees. The private gathering at luxurious Breakers Resort in Palm Beach, Florida, where the cheapest room on the website goes for around $830 a night, is scheduled to start Sunday and carry through late Tuesday, according to an agenda reviewed by CNBC. The agenda titled ERC and Victory Fund Retreat shows an opening reception and dinner on Sunday, followed by a cigar and whiskey reception on Monday. These fuckers are going to celebrate their win with their corporate backers. God damn. The retreat is to take place as the group seeks more donations to fend off legal attacks from Democrats seeking to protect abortion rights. 
A June 24th fundraising email said every donation will help the Republicans' attorneys general combat the Democrats' pro-abortion agenda and stand tall for life. Fuck off. Nobody should... You can't say, you can't say that you stand tall for life here in Mass Shooting USA. The unborn are a convenient group of people to advocate for because they make no demands of you. They require nothing from you. You can just morally grandstand about how you how you fucking fight for life. It's bullshit. All right, when we come back from commercial break, we're going to talk about the Dems blocking a Green Party candidate's access to the ballot. Nick Fuentes... Went on a spectacular rant. Got him on uh, Right Wing Watch. Greg Gutfeld mocks a nuclear PSA that New York put out. A nine-year-old led police on a chase. Elon Musk's dad is a creep. So much more. We got very, very, very much show. Very, very much show. We got a lot more show waiting on you here in just a second. Now we turn to a uh, YouTuber, Justin, Justin Freakin. The guy's a, uh, you know, he's a, he's a formidable voice in the culture. Uncensored and unfiltered political talk and debate from a leftist perspective. The day's top news stories and videos with astute social commentary. If not high enough for this shit. All we're establishing is this guy's wicked, sick aesthetic. Right-wingers are morons. You brought back the wrong kind of fucking cake, you idiot. Guess I gotta thank Matt Walsh for introducing me to Justin Freakin. Yet you're like, we'll pray for somebody. You think you can telepathically communicate with a deity, and you have the audacity to say somebody else has a mental disorder. For the love of God... I'm Justin Freakin. I'm a leftist broadcaster and comedian. Not liberal. Leftist. And despite what you may have heard from right-wing propaganda, George Soros isn't handing out Soros bucks and funding people like me. There are no Koch brothers, Mercers, or any number of right-wing think tanks funding content on the left side of the spectrum the way they fund people like Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, and Dennis Prager. And YouTube doesn't monetize videos that are controversial or deal with politics unless you're someone like Steven Crowder. So this is an ultimatum. Become a patron. Support my Patreon. Or I'm going to become a right-winger and get some of that easy money. You know for a fact that I could be bigger than Charlie Kirk or Jesse Lee Peterson. Amazing! All I have to do is talk about how I used to be an SJW snowflake, but the left went too far with their cultural Marxism, and Republicans are stupid enough to buy it, even though this video exists. And you know I'm right, so give me your money, or I'm selling you out. 
Welcome to The Freak Show. Like, you don't have to hit rock bottom every day. You don't. Come on down to Taco Bell, get an STD. I've had a couple dozen them Kinder Eggs. Shut the fuck up. And some boogers. And then you follow him and he's in the fucking ditch before you ever even got to the food land. Everybody's gonna die. I don't like onions. I like Donnie Chico nuggets. I still could just slap the shit out of you. It's like a turtle, um, <laughs> but wormier. We live in turbulent times. The media is full of deception, conspiracy theories, and fake news. Now, more than ever, it is important to ensure you're getting information from a source that's freaking reliable. I'm Justin Mullins, and this is the Freakin' News. Get a breaking or interesting story with a humorous twist in about a minute, weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, on YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, and more. Oh, I had another James Webb meme. It's here, the deepest, sharpest infrared view of the universe to date. Someone mentioned the marble countertop last night, and I hadn't seen that. I saw it today. I'm like, oh, now I see what you're talking about. It did look exactly like the picture. Oh, this, this is like the carpeting at like a Chuck E. Cheese in the 90s or some shit. Or at the laser tag place. Oh, shit. Okay, let's talk about the Democrats blocking ballot access in North Carolina, I think it is. I might be wrong. Let's just be like Vermont. No, Raleigh, North Carolina, I was right. As investigation into false signatures continues, the Green Party sues the State Board of Elections. So I guess the Democrats are claiming that the Green Party used false signatures to get on the ballot. State Board of Elections says its investigation into suspected fraudulent signatures gathered for the Green Party's bid for recognition in North Carolina has been obstructed by a lack of cooperation. SBE Executive Director Karen Brinson-Bell says the refusal of consultants and signature collectors to cooperate with investigators has hindered the investigation as they try to collect the number of suspected fraudulent signatures submitted by the Green Party. 
WITN reported at the end of June that the Board of Elections voted not to recognize the Green Party as an official political party in North Carolina due to an ongoing investigation into evidence of fraud and other irregularities in the petition process used to seek ballot access for the party. In response, Green Party Senate candidate Matthew Ho and fellow plaintiffs filed a lawsuit against the SBE, saying the party submitted 2,000-plus verified signatures, more than required by law. SBE says the investigation so far has found numerous fake signatures on petition pages and 38 individuals who contacted single county board of elections stating they did not sign the petition in which their names were listed. A full list of the findings can be found on our website, WITN. Okay, so it sounds sus as fuck. 2,000 signatures isn't a lot, so they should have been able to get 2,000 signatures. I'm just saying, Green Party, you sound sus as fuck. Let's hear what the mother of the Green Party has to say. Like, Jill Stein was on with Brianna Joy Gray on the Bad Faith podcast. This is just a little snippet. Why are they run through their dog? Why are they blocking Senate candidate Matthew Ho enduring an all-out attack from the Democratic Party? But it kind of seems like uh, he had some illegitimate signatures. It's like the Democrats have run through their dog and pony tricks enough time. It really gets old. People don't buy it anymore. I'm reluctant to use words because of the climate we're in right now, like tear it down, burn it down, you know, like that kind of stuff. But, you know, I mean, but that's the sentiment that's out there. There's a lot of anger because no, people are go and win oh, primaries. Spoiler, spoiler. I would say first and foremost, most of you are living in blue states, so who cares? Our politics of necessity has come to an absolute dead end. And the question is whether we're going to die. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. To a nice little headline going like Democratic Party rigged. Calling to the microphone with my my, my mother. <laughs> Just click some eyeballs on it, because that's the game. (laughs) Just, you know, walking down the street, you know, I get cold-shouldered everywhere, Mm -hmm. if not outright hostility. I'm sure you know what that's about, because, Just a little bit, but mostly just when I wear my... uh, I assume nobody even knows who you are, Jill Stein. I cover politics. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It still says Virgil, Texas? You still got a graphic that has Virgil Texas's name on it? That's wild to me. Wasn't Virgil accused of having an underage girlfriend? Or like grooming? Like this this whole this whole gang here is pretty sus. I'm just I'm just saying, I, I, I really wanted to like Jill Stein, <laughs> but this whole little, this whole little crew right here is sus. I, 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 I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I mean, they're not as sus as right-wing assholes uh, like Nick Fuentes. This is the Groiper segment of the show. This might this might get me this might get me kicked off the YouTube and the Twitch because it's so vile. Whatever the fuck Nick Fuentes has to say. Fundamentals of our worldview 
and what it would look like to build a society based on our distinct worldview, which is different from the left, different from a godless, atheist, constructivist, liberal worldview. And what does that look like? Does that look like a society where you have gay marriage and birth control and contraceptives and legal, ubiquitous internet pornography and all the rest, but uh, transgender kids aren't playing in girls' water polo? Everything about this says like what birth control you have birth control and pornography on tap. What's wrong? What what everything you just mentioned just sound reasonable. And contraceptives and legal ubiquitous internet pornography and all the rest, but uh transgender kids aren't playing in girls water polo? No. That's not what it looks like. It looks like a society where women don't have the right to vote. And it looks like a society where boys and girls get married as teenagers and start having kids. And they don't use birth control and they don't use contraceptives. And they have big families and a high birth rate. And it looks wait, like... Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. This dude has never been laid before in his life. But apparently he thinks that like what did, some kind of arranged marriage, women shouldn't have the right to vote. Maybe they should be dealt like property, an arranged marriage or some shit like that. He should he should be ordained a woman when he turns of man age, is what he's saying. They should just have to deal with it. Is that is that the world that Nick Fuentes wants? Like women wearing veils at church, and it looks like women not being in the workforce. And it looks like mothers raising their kids. And it looks like pornography being banned. And homosexuality and transsexuality, as well as heterosexual sodomy, as well as fornication and adultery being shamed by the society. And maybe in some places, in some jurisdictions. Even heterosexual sodomy. This guy is the opposite of. You live in sexual sexual anarchy. anarchy. Raw dog that shit, Nick Quintez. Well, I mean, that's the only smart thing he said. It's regulated by the law. It's not enough to say we're against trannies. You got to be against women. No, rights. why'd you say that? That's horrible. Feminism. You got to be against women getting educated. Okay. Or else, what are we really trying to achieve here? 1999? 1999 sucked too. We want to go back to, to 1099. We want to go back to the Middle Ages. The Dark Ages? So we're burning your gay pride flag. We're burning your gay pride float. And then we're going to drag your bitch wife out of her house, kicking and screaming. And then wow. we're going to burn her at the stake, too, for being a witch. Uh, I mean, like... He doesn't actually mean this shit, right? Nobody can possibly be that fucking stupid. (laughs) Ah, but then again, right-wingers are morons. This is the Groiper crew. And I was talking about, I I would hang out with Brianna Joy Gray. I would not hang out with the Groiper crew. They both sus, though. They both sus. New York! Start spreading the news.
I'm gonna am I gonna get fucking popped with a copyright? Did you just vomit the floor? So how do you survive a nuclear blast in the city that already smells like ass? <laughs> True, New Yorkers who are worried about crime, disease, and inflation can now add nuclear radiation. I don't know what this cat is doing. The management department produced a PSA, or PSA, on how to survive a nuclear bomb, which is exactly what I was worried about as a naked man was fondling himself in front of me on the R train. <laughs> Actually, I was praying for a nuclear bomb. Roll it. Why? That sounds like a fun time. So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one has hit. Okay? So what do we do? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. Don't ask me how or why. Remember, remember guys, this was a common occurrence back, you know, fucking 40, 50 years ago. When we were still in the Cold War. What are you doing, buddy? God damn it, cat. But like, we're 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 closest we're the, we're the closest we've been to nuclear war in a very very long time, so it kind of makes sense that they produce this kind of material. Well, that's convenient. No backstory on why we got nukes. I'll make up my own. Biden thought he was pressing the button for the nurse. Oh my God. Oh. But, but please tell me this. Duck and cover. Like Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. Oh, yeah, that's going to help. No, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Step two, stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. Have a basement? Head there. If you don't have one, get as far into the middle of the building as possible. So, wow, staying in cars is not an option. Uh, what will comedians like Jamie do? I mean, that's where, that's where he lives. Or divorced comics, that is. But what if you're outside after the blast? If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all outer clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three, stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's gonna be media. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right, you've got this. You got this? That's, that's one of those things where you want to be prepared. Like, this is for any instance, right? This is hurricanes, tornadoes, and everything. You probably want a radio that operates with the battery power. You want a flashlight. You want some canned food, shit like that. Everybody should have that just for any fucking time. <laughs> Sorry, honey. This is a nuclear war, not a Pilates class. <laughs> and remove and bag all outer clothing. That's what we do after we visit Kat's office. <laughs> so why is New York giving instructions now about a nuclear blast? Why Maybe does she Mayor shed? Adams is finally serious oh, about that was actually the funny. There are syringed sidewalks, an insane asylum subway, and the only people getting arrested are those defending themselves from attackers. Maybe the city's strategy is to get us all inside and then blow everything up, which I am against. <laughs> but I do wish the city 
would put out a PSA to help us cope with the real problems. Gonna die the fallout. So your city's been taken over by progressives. It's important for you to understand your life is about oh, wow. to be a lot worse. But there are steps that you can take to stay safe. Step one, get inside. <laughs> Progressive crime policies mean your streets are about to become violent, drug-fueled, homeless nightmares. Step two, watch out for human excrement. It's going to be everywhere. Poor city planning, urban decay, and lack of law enforcement mean public streets are now public bathrooms. Step three, stay tuned to the media. The media know what's best for your family. The media are better than you. Also, don't get too attached you're, to your wallet. You're the media, dude. You're gonna lose a lot of you're them. The you're making fun of yourself. You've got this. Oh my On my phone, too. Lydia, as a New Yorker, do you find this uh, helpful at all? This uh, nuclear war prep. Not funny. Right wingers are absolutely fucking how morons. Not to get pushed in front of a train. Yes. That might be helpful. No, my theory on this: there are 325,000 New York City employees, and I think they have to do something. To but I mean, Lydia here is a business reporter. So she's known for her, her bona fides in the comedy world. Justify the taxpayer dollars that right. go to them. And this is very reminiscent to me of, if you remember during COVID, the city released a guideline for how to have safe sex mm -hmm. while wearing an N95 mask. Right. That was great. This is very much in the genre of things that if people had better things to be doing, they wouldn't be doing. Yeah, and the I disagree. I think the bomb's coming. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what's sucked about? I mean, the whole thing about telling you to wear that M N ninety three mask during sex—you have to put it over the other mask. Yeah, there's a lot of protection that they wanted people to have. Oh, and she didn't even get that joke. You yeah. don't have to answer that. <laughs> and the red ball gets in the way. Yeah, the red ball. Can't hear the safe word. A lot of confusion. Oh my God, Iris got God. it. <laughs> Yep. Do you, you find this helpful? <laughs> no, because I feel like if I'm in the midst of a nuclear bomb attack, mm -hmm. I'm not going to remember like the video. Yeah. And <laughs> or anything. I'm going to run around screaming. I'm going to be somebody else's problem. That's yeah. you know, just like I. Ma'am, uh, the video is pretty straightforward information. Pretty much any kind of like prepper information. And just letting you know that you need to get inside as opposed to remaining outside where you could be exposed. I'm in any crisis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, uh, who I'm does gonna, find I'm this funny? I mean, it's a good I question, want to be right? The walking Dead. <laughs> I don't want to be somebody protecting people from the Walking Dead. <laughs> well, I just won't be able to. And yeah. I, again, the the fact that they start with "Don't ask me how, don't ask me why." I want to. Whenever I want to ask why, I can't ask why. Yeah. Mm. Jamie, they just gave us another reason to leave the city, <laughs> right? It's like. Think about this. What the, the subliminal thing is, we only bomb big cities anyway. Yeah. So it's like, here's another reason to get the hell out of New York and go to Austin or go to Nashville. The they're people to find the Babylon B, buddy. The Babylon B used like, to be funny. Like Back when it was like poking fun at their, at their like Christian the faith. Just be like, boo. They got sold to some right-wing media fucking you know, you know, conglomerate at some point in time.
I'm so glad I saw Babel, this. Babylon B used to be okay. I, I like all the steps because my 2013, 2014, if there was a nuclear attack. Was just going to be to everybody be lost their shit yeah. around Trump. Yeah. Around 2016, everything went to I'm hell. I'm going to do this instead. Maybe yeah. this is their attempt to finally get rid of all the cockroaches. That's true, but they'll they'll definitely live. The cockroaches yeah. will win. You know, I did like though. I like step three. They were like, wash all your clothes. I like how they've just assumed that I <laughs> my pants. <laughs> Yeah, but everyone would also do step four, right? Where you check the mirror and see if it made you ugly. <laughs> That's why you got to embrace That's this. That's what I do. That's I forgot what we were talking about. You are hideous. It's like, okay, I'm a yeah, zombie. I'm, like, back, I'm, I'm completely, I don't even know what they're, oh. Nuclear blast. Okay. Completely forgot. We need a, we need a Fallout New Vegas remake. Remaster, something like that. Okay, this is a wild story out of North Carolina. A nine-year-old driving a Mini Cooper leads troopers on a chase. When the when the pro wrestler is the funniest panelist you have, you have issues. You do, indeed, indeed. In the and hospital. Let me, after- and let me tell you, Tyrus isn't all that funny. Tyrus isn't all that funny. And I'm Bill Young. Police say the child took a car from his home, then led them on a short chase in Nightdale. CBS 17's Dina Harley joining us live now. So what have you learned about this incident? It was a short chase, you know, because he, he's a little tyke. Bill and Liz, that child's mom, says that he was at home earlier this morning with his therapist when he took the keys to his sister's car and he took off. Now, that car is no longer here, but look at this over here next to me. You can see some tire tracks in the grass there. We're told that the car came up through the grass here into this little ditch here and then ended up over there where you see that crew still standing there. We're told they are waiting for a part to do some repairs. But take a look at this. This is what the scene looked like earlier today after police were able to stop him after about a minute and a half chase. The child's mom who did not want her name used, says her doors at home have locks and alarms on them. But this morning, her son went out the garage door be a legend and did not school. set off an alarm. Her son, who she says has autism, was with his therapist Aww. at the time, like I said, but it's unclear really what the therapist was doing when the child got into that car. He's currently we're lucky that the cops didn't shoot him. At a local hospital, but we're told nobody else was injured in the crash. Now, his mom says she wants other parents, especially of autistic children, to use this as a reminder to make sure their kids are always safe and always look after now coming up tonight we will hear more from that child's mother on what she wants parents to know now that i know it was an autistic child like you know like i thought it was just like a rebel punk like still in a car and shit i was into it i can't make fun of that i can make fun of uh elon musk's dad though because apparently he's a fucking creep and this is some fucking sexual anarchy fucking shit you live in sexual anarchy. Elon Musk's dad, 76, confirms a secret second child with his stepdaughter. With his stepdaughter. Elon Musk's lusty dad, Errol, has finally revealed he sired a secret second love, second love child with his glamorous stepdaughter, Jana Visenhut. The Musk patriarch, 76, welcomed the baby girl with, uh, with Jan A? What? What? Jana. Oh, Jana. <laughs> it's weird that there's just one A down here. This tripped me out. Jan A? What? 
Jana, 35, back in 2019, but only confirmed the news on Wednesday, bragging to the sun, the only thing we are on Earth is for us to reproduce. Ooh. The two already share a five-year-old boy, Elliot Rush, born in 2017. Arrow clearly shares most of his famous son's hearty desi- desires to procreate. With his admission coming just a week after it was revealed, Elon fathered two children with an executive at his artificial intelligence company. Errol admitted Janet's pregnancy was unplanned and told the publication that they are no longer living together, citing their 41-year age gap. Oh, my God. Ooh, these people are nasty. Remember, uh, Errol Musk... Was a part owner in an emerald mine in apartheid South Africa. That's how Elon came to have so much money. That's how Errol came to have so much money. Apparently, Errol has seven children while Elon has fathered ten. Fuck both of them. Astronomers have detected a signal from a galaxy far away, so please come the fuck and get me away from Earl and Elon Musk so I never have to hear about anybody in the Musk fucking family ever again. I never have to hear what Elon Musk thinks about fucking anything. I don't want want to be exposed to it. Come, Come take me away. Mr. Alien, sir, I don't want to be here anymore. Just like Jodie Foster's character in the movie Contact, scientists have come across a mysterious signal from a galaxy far, far away. In a study published on Wednesday, the journal Nature said that they've detected a very unusual radio burst. It has a pattern that's similar to a heartbeat. And for now, the exact location... At least now they're like beeping. No one to root for in that one, I want one, to bring though. in CNN's Tom Foreman to discuss. So, Tom, this strange and persistent radio signal seems like a pulsing heartbeat. What phenomena could cause this? And do we know of anything that causes similar effects in the universe? Uh, we do. We know that this is about a billion light years away. Or I've got a smoky terms, up here. Really, hey, dude. really far. Hey, dude. And they think hey, what dude. this is, is something called a fast radio burst or an FRB. They know it's that. It's picked up by radio telescopes here on Earth. They were only discovered in 2007. Basically, what this is, a little burst of energy coming through the cosmos out there. Normally, these are very, very short, milliseconds long. This one is unusual because it's very strong. It's very bright, as they say, and it lasted three seconds. That's an awful lot of information to look at, and they're looking at it very closely right now, Bianca. Now, you, you ask what it might be. The real question would be uh, uh, the, the be, boo? is most likely going to be something, a version of a dying star out there. Uh, as it passes away, those stars can give off these radio signals out there, a pulsar or a magnetar. Those give these signals off, but those are really important to know about because if you know where they are, if you get one as strong as this, and you can, well, it's, it's most certainly not aliens. If you can pinpoint it, you might be able to triangulate it and get a sense of how fast the universe is expanding. That's why they're so excited about this. It's not just oh, a novelty. Cool. It's not just something from a movie, but something in real life they've never seen before. And with that repeated pattern in there, that little heartbeat sound, very exciting to the scientific community. 
that's hugely cool. exciting and to laymen such as myself tom foreman thank yeah. you so much for joining us we will keep an eye on that story that was a really good explanation So they might be able to pinpoint exactly how fast the universe is expanding because they have like a constant, like a metronome to go by. Shit, yeah. That was good shit. You know what's also good shit? When you've got a friendship like this dog and this panther have. Apparently they're, they're like really good friends. This panther is an internet celebrity. It's a pretty panther. Oh, Luna. Sassy, would you cuddle it? Would you cuddle that panther? I would. You got to think on it. Oh, look at her. She's playing with the puppy. See, look, it's just a big kitty. It's just, it's just, it's just a big old sweet kitty. I'd cuddle it. It probably thinks it's a puppy. It's 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 best of friends with the puppy. Look at it, look at it. Still acts like a cat though. Still totally acts like a cat. Oh look at it with his little horns on. <laughs> Get that raw meat. Oh, look how sweet. Look at those eyes. Oh, my fault. That belly. Oh, she stuck her finger right, right in her mouth. Oh, what a sweet baby. I loves her. I want to cuddle her. You sticking that tongue out at me. Since panthers are not a species on their own, their population is declining because the number of leopards and jaguars are receding altogether. Oh shit. Wait, a panther like comes from a, a jaguar and a leopard? Like that's, a, like that's what happens when a jaguar and a leopard breed. It's a panther. No, I got it wrong. Let's find out. I mean, that's that's what we do here. I totally fucked up the spelling. 
But yeah, I want, I want big cat. Oh, no, I don't want the disambiguous big cat. No, 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 I want, I want the cat. So a black panther is a black variant of jaguars or leopards. Oh. A white panther is a white or very pale variant of jaguars or leopards. Huh. Interesting. Well, this panther is super cute. I love I love this little friendship with this puppy. That puppy is super cute. Wait, is producer Dave not on? Is it not satanic panic time? I'm I'm off on my time zones, but like isn't it is it like they should be thirty minutes into satanic panic, shouldn't they? What's going on? What 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 happened? Maybe something happened maybe something to do with the move. So I tell you what, let's go, uh, let's go say hey to Polly. You're watching on Twitch. We're going to raid Polly people. She's still going strong because I think she was on before I was even on. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin. We'll see you tomorrow night. The Friday Night Freak Show is back. Sparkles Lavendar will be here with me via video 10 p.m. Eastern 7 p.m. Pacific see you then freaks